This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Oh, you know what, Steve? You had... um... Yeah, the piece of audio of the Toronto mayor. What's Rob his name? Ford. Rob Ford. This guy Chris is Chris Farley. He is yes. Chris Farley. Yeah. He's just absolutely deranged. And he, you know, I guess is is he out now? Do they No, no, no. They're trying. They're, trying. they're trying to strip him of booty. They're, they're trying. Apparently, it's a lot more difficult apparently in Canada. Yeah. To you, you, once you're elected, get someone out of office. You can do the job no he, matter what happens. Self-professed, he's admitted for initially, if you don't know the story, there were rumors that he had uh, smoked crack and that he was a, an alcoholic and that he was just completely inappropriate. He denied all that. And then it finally he admitted, yes, he smoked uh, crack yeah. and uh, and had some issues. And now, since then, will you figure he would reel it in? Right. It's been ten times worse. Well, he is at a uh, at a, a function where there are children. Oh, right. God. I guess he's, uh, I don't know how old they are. I guess they're grade school kids yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But he's in front of them in this interview is asking him some questions about his drug use and his alcohol abuse and stuff like that. And listen to what he says. Things start relatively sedate. But when I ask why he decided to admit his crack use after months of denial... He gets so angry, he forgets who's in the room. I just had enough. I, I was sick and tired of all these allegations and all this... <laughs> excuse my words, and, and that's all it is. Sorry, kids. I shouldn't have sworn in front of the kids, but after a while, I know what I'm doing is right. I'm serving the people. I'm saving taxpayers. All right, anyhow, and then he goes on and on. It was an S-bomb. Was but a- he's like, sorry, kids. I guess I shouldn't go in front of the kids. I mean, uh, and then that's pure Chris Farley. He's a mess. Totally. He's right. comedy gold, man. I love this guy. You got to hear his, his... Do we have him admitting... They ask him if he's has if he's had uh, smoke crack recently. Oh. Go to that clip because his... Wait, what is that other one, Casey? Oh, you never... Oh, the, 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 the P one? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Let's take a little audio history here. This is from last week. All right. And um, apparently there was a a, a, a female staffer uh, had suggested that he had approached her about this, doing this kind of act, which is, you know, going to the, going to Tuna Town on, yeah. a, on a woman. And uh, so on a woman. Yeah. Right. So okay. here's, here's his response. Oh, and the last thing was um, Olivia Gondak. It, it says that I wanted to eat her. I've never said that in my life to her. I would Listen. never do that. I'm happily married. I've got more than enough to eat at home. Thank you very much. Oh my God! What is wrong with him? Why? 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 By the way, the interview. Like he was wrapping up, and that was a, oh, I didn't get to mention <laughs> yeah. the allegation um, that I. That. It, it oh. says that I wanted to eat her. I've never said that in my life to her. I would never do that. I'm happily married. I've got more than enough to eat at home. Oh, my God. By the way, what woman doesn't love to hear that she has more than enough pee? (laughs) Uh, It's it's ridiculously big. That's hilarious. All right, and then what was the other one? Hasn't drank in three weeks? Right. Here's his, um, his, you know, this is uh, the the more um, self-reflective side of Rob Ford. You haven't haven't been drinking at all? I haven't touched a drop of alcohol in three weeks. (laughs) A drop, a drop. Not a I'll drop. drop. I'll take a urine test right now. And if there's alcohol, I'll re- I'll dr- I'll, none, zero. I'll do a urine test right When's now. When's the last time the, the, for drugs? Long time. I'm talking like it was, it was like a long time what ago. What about drugs? 
Yeah, haven't had a drop in three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. I looked out like, like the initial uh, admission to smoking crack was that he was having one of his binges. He was like yeah. uh, Alf on an alcoholic. If binge. I did it, I was so blown out drunk. <laughs> right. That's why. So you, it, you can take comfort in the fact that the only time I use uh, crack is when I'm completely bombed and out of control. And just his verbiage, like probably in one of my drunken stupid. Probably. Yeah. I mean, what's probably mean? You're you're a political official. You're mm-hmm. a mayor. Hey, let me go to uh, let me go to uh, Marie. She's got something interesting. Hi, Marie. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's happening? So I don't know if any of you guys subscribe to Spirit Airlines, but I got an email from Spirit Airlines this weekend. It had a big advertisement that said, "We're not smoking crack. We'll fly you to Toronto for twenty nine fifty both ways." Seriously? <laughs> I mean, it was a legitimate ad. The legitimate ad from Spirit Airlines that flies out of Atlantic That's City. Awesome. Well, you got to commend that. Hilarious. I love that. So the, the ad also had, like, a profile picture of him. And like smoke all around him. Oh, that's funny. I don't know if you I, saw the, sound real, but the footage yeah, yesterday, thanks. Preston. He was at some event, some political, you know, and maybe he was actually, you know, uh, at his office or whatever. But he's running around like a madman and accidentally bulldozes. You see that? You seen this footage, Casey? No. This female politician and just knocks her to the ground. But he's running around. He looks like Chris Farley wow. doing the Matt Foley sketch. That's funny. I wanted to go back to the where he curses in front of the, the school kids. Yeah. Uh, because that brought up the topic amongst us of cursing in front of kids. Do you still have a um, curse jar? Or did you have a curse jar? No, nah, we never had one I of thought those. you did. Nah. We let him fly. <laughs> we let him fly when necessary. When... When did it first? When did you start to realize you'd gotten a little more liberal with that? Oh, I don't know. So you, you have you always no no okay. No. I mean, when they're little bitty, definitely we wanted to stay away from that. But from time to time, in uh, moments of uh, of frustration, when you need to add gravitas to yeah, a situation, add a little punch to it, absolutely. Yeah. So, Casey, I know you definitely don't, right? I don't. Oh, he's, no. he's very, very good. Yeah, extremely strict. In fact, Steve is cursed in front of my kids more than I have. I have. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he doesn't. We don't know that we're on the the. Yeah. Uh, no, I have to warn you guys now yeah, because yeah. you know when we talk to each other, we're we're very liberal. So when we do our conference call at night, you just did it on on Sunday night, and and I didn't want to tell you, but um, you know, you were talking and you just said something like, you know, f it, and we'll just. What do were you on the speakerphone? Yeah, because I had Seamus in the car with me. Oh, you and... definitely got to share with us when that's going on. I know. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was just like one of those deals. None of you could just blame it on Uncle Steve, right? Did Uncle Steve? Uh, did he ask what Uncle Steve meant by that? No, no. I, you know, I, I don't because we don't curse in front of our our children. They don't know what it means. Like, right. they, they, they don't have any idea. What anything means. We had a kid over during the summer, and um, Seamus comes up. He goes, uh, you know, this kid said uh, said two bad words, and we're like, what? And I can't remember what the other one was, but one of them was suck. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, so it's it's adorable. No, I, I mean, that's like, I, I and I said that because Casey and I pretty much grew up in, in the same household. Like, my parents never, never cursed. My dad... A little more as we as we got older, but my mom never. Like I've heard my mom curse. I think maybe once or twice in her entire life. Are other words um, considered bad words in your house? Like stupid and yeah, that was yeah. the other bad word. Stupid and, and suck. suck. Yeah, were the two oh, bad words. Yeah, stupid. We're not allowed. We to say would get that. we would get stars if we called people stupid. Right. <laughs> we weren't allowed to say <laughs> that. Fact, that's Steve. the way you meld them together. <laughs> Wasn't that your nickname? For stupid sea yeah. sucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's my dad cursed all the time. He would mix it with yeah. the king's English, yeah. but. I mean, we had her. It's classic Christmas story. Right. We would hear it all, all the time. We don't yeah. even say, oh, my God. And we don't say, oh, my gosh. We say, oh, my goodness. Oh, 
Because it's yeah, like, we let me ask you. That yeah. At some point, will you re- will you relax on that? Do you think uh, as they get a little bit older? Of the course, wor- I that's will. what I figured. The world will take care of it for you. You don't have to worry. It exactly. does because when they go out out and out and about, they're going to hear it anyway. Oh yeah, right. So for right now, I just want my kids to be kids. You know what I mean? So like my um, you know my my kids actually learn more from their schoolmates who learn from their older siblings. I here's a, do you understand? My what I'm older brother oh, yeah. cursed less around me than my father did yeah i mean you know and my mother was just like she had she couldn't stop it case we weren't allowed to say hate either yeah we don't really we were encouraged to hate <laughs> <laughs> no i know what you mean at, at a younger age words like stupid and hate yeah. and and stuff like that were were completely outlawed and i had to tell my wife i'm like look if the kid you know hates green beans that's okay i mean i I, you can use hate in that reference i say because it's going to be too hard for them to find a descriptive word about food that they don't like i am not very fond of green beans right exactly so i'm saying now it's okay you can't say hater i hate this person or i hate you that's that's a bad use of the word hate but hate is a legitimate word we'd sit down for dinner my father said so did you meet anybody you hate today yeah oh yeah (laughs) sea sucker -sucker. and and then he's but i mean that was I mean, they're going to hate things, right. and they're going to hate people. I don't want my kids to be, like, the last ones to learn about everything in their class, but I also don't want them to be the first ones, and I also don't want them to be the ones that learn these things from their parents. Well, yeah. there's also a real serious intent to preserve their innocence as long as humanly possible. Well, right. yeah. Which is noble. Yeah. It's noble. But at a certain point... Well, you start to cross it. The, the line begins to blur. It's like, okay, but I also, they're starting to get to an age where I don't want them to be so innocent that they're completely naive of what sure. the real world is all about, you know, so you want to prepare them as well. So you sure. softly start to call them a sea sucker. Right, yeah, yeah. Like that. Very slowly. I you hate know. you, son. When you yeah. get into a knife fight and you're saying, <laughs> dag nabbit? Yeah, you begin with, I hate you, son. Right. And then you move on. Right, that'll, that'll learn them. I love you less than I thought. <laughs> It's funny, though. We will have my little accident on rare occasions because we have visitors that stop by the studio almost every day to kind of watch what we do and and hang out. And uh, every now and then we we kind of we put an age restriction on it. But every now and then somebody will come in with a younger kid and we say, well, look, when we're off air, we kind of the language is is pretty liberal and we do a lot of drugs. Uh, and usually the the comment is they've heard everything, and I'm uh, like, well, no. okay, they may have heard the the words, yeah, mm-hmm. but when you put them next to other words that begin to describe what one might do in a certain act and so forth, they haven't quite heard everything. Yet. The difference is before uh, Da Vinci put the paint on the canvas, it was just paint in a room. We we turn it into yes. art. Yes, exactly. We, we put it together in different yeah. and exciting combinations. I think you bottle it up, Case, because in casual conversation, you drop the F word a lot. A lot, it, right? You'll use it two or three times in a sentence. That's Have you, it? Yeah, in like, like one, six times. Okay, all right. But like you'll use it as an adjective and a verb and a noun. I'm we had versatile. a swear jar we'd have to put money in if we didn't swear. <laughs> right? Uh, I'm going to go to some callers. Let me go to Allie. Hi, Allie. Good morning. Thanks. Hey, what's happening, Allie? Go ahead. No, I just wanted to uh, comment. I curse like a truck driver, and my boyfriend originally came from Oregon, and he never used any swear words until he's met me. So you've, you've corrupted him. Absolutely. Was he brought up in a, in a household where cursing was just nobody did it? Well, I don't really think so because they're all Irish. <laughs> yeah, Irish, uh, they don't curse at all. I'm Irish. We don't no. curse at all. Yeah, we're, all we, we're Italian, so all we do is use swear words. Yeah, but okay. some of your Thanks. some of the Italian swear words are, are very lyrical and don't even sound like, right. you know, 
Is that is that a pasta selection, or are you telling me to stick my head on my ass? I, I like the Irish version of the F word, which is, uh, if you're writing oh, it right. down, yeah. it's F-E-K. Yeah. Yes. I, I love that. I said it one time I on the air. I love that pronunciation of that. Yeah, you yeah, did. And, yeah, and we, we still dumped out on it, because yeah. there, are some, like, there are some things we could get away with, but yeah. they also could be mistaken. <laughs> Let me go to Jonathan, who's on the air. John, good morning. Good morning, guys. You guys rock. Thank oh, you, man. What's going on, buddy? Uh, yeah, I just I just want you guys to know, uh, first off, I'm Italian, and my dad doesn't like to curse in front of me, and I'm 31. I still rarely hear it, but the first time he cursed in front of me, I was 17 years old, I, and I won't forget it. It what? was it was during football, Okay, and he was very mad, and he dropped the F-bomb, and he turned and looked at me like he had just broken something that was so very expensive, ah. and, and then my mom cursed in front of me, dropped the F-bomb, but I was 19. And same exact face. And I didn't know what to do. Because See, the first time that happens, you're shocked. I don't know if you guys understand because, you know, you guys are talking about how you're... Well, am I, am I reading it correctly, Jonathan, that, that at that moment they both felt they'd sort of taken a bit of your innocence away? That's what I imagine, yeah. yeah. I mean, they still rarely curse in front of me. I mean, it's, it's just something that we don't do because I, they always told me... You don't need to curse when you're having so, a conversation. But, Jonathan, you were 17 and 19 at the time. You had heard these words many times over and over by the time your parents said it. Many times, but never in my house. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Thanks, man. it's it's weird because they, they are, uh, as a, what, what does SpongeBob call them? They're um, sentence enhancers. Sentence enhancers. That's what Patrick said. Yeah. <laughs> One of the funniest yes. SpongeBob episodes ever. You get and... yourself a spicy sentence sandwich. <laughs> I love that one. Steve. Sentence enhancers. I love it. Case, okay, so you curse in front of your parents? No, no. Well, Do they curse in front of you? My mom has never, I don't think, ever said the F word. Um, she sure, surely has never said it in front of me. Right. My dad, uh, growing up, he said the F word in front of me one Does time. Does she say it on her adult movie blog? No. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom has... Careful. <laughs> my mom. Yes, of no. course. No. Um, my dad said it in front of me once when I was probably about 13. My mom had had back surgery. She was in a, uh, a body cast for yeah. months. And I was being an a-hole, and so, uh, you know, he had finally reached the tipping point, and he said, you know, like, stop this effing S or something like that. Right, and, right, right. Um, like, yeah. So I deserve that one. But uh, my dad has relaxed just a little bit. My dad's a truck driver, so. I, but he's uh, also a deacon, right? Yeah. There was one time I told basically my whole family, except for my dad, because I, I wouldn't have survived. Uh, I told them all to F off. Oh. It was, uh, except you, Dad. I was 18 years old. And he, no, he wasn't there. Okay. It was my mom and my sister and my aunt. And I forgot who else was there. Wow. But we were sitting at a table. We are in Las Vegas, of all places. And my aunt, was just, they were just bitching and complaining about this and that and these people. And they're driving me nuts and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just hearing this complaining over and over. And I just, I just... I just go, you know what? You guys can just all F off. And it was like everybody was wide eyes. And they were like, what did you just say? How yeah. old were you? I'm like, you heard me. I was 18. Okay. So you were of, of an age. Yeah, I, but I hadn't I never dropped the F bomb, you know, pointed at anybody like that before. Well, right. my, I was 20, 21 when my mom passed away. But prior to that, and my dad... There'd be even there'd be no way I could use the word around them, but I couldn't say f off 
Right. Yeah. That was right. a line that yeah, you can't, could you not can't be crossed. Not to your parents. I remember uh, my father-in-law. He's a really, really cool guy. We were um, we just bought our house. We were my, we redid the kitchen. We tore it apart. And it was like one of those things. It was me and my father-in-law. It was bonding time. Yeah. We were building a kitchen together. You know. You want and, a massage? Yeah. <laughs> I was very tense. You know. <laughs> well, well you it. want to do right by him? Yeah. No, but something happened. He goes, you know, and like effing thing, and I, I was like, yeah, man, like effing thing, yeah. right? Just those guys that just said the F word in front of my father-in-law. Would you like a, would you like a beer? Yeah, no, I know. You're, you're trying to bond with him, and, that's, and sometimes that's a way to do it. Right, I'm not going to read that. Oh, come on, read it. Okay. All right, you asked for it. It says, uh, hey, Casey doesn't curse in front of his kids, but have they ever walked in on you spanking him? No. I told you I, I locked the door. read it. But you said the lock is broken. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't have a lock on my bathroom door. Okay. But I don't do it in my bathroom. No. Uh, no, I do it in my daughter's in bathroom. In your foyer. <laughs> <laughs> I do it in my son's race car bed. No. Let me go to Luke. <laughs> Let me go to Luke. Hey, Luke, you're on the air. Good morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, what's up, guys? You guys rap. Yeah. Rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, so growing up. My bad, I almost just caused an accident. Uh, you all right? Are you okay? Yeah, we're good, we're good. Come on, keep driving. Um, so Get out and exchange up, information. <laughs> My mom, was. She's, we call her a church lady. She's very religious. She goes to church every single day, mm-hmm. very strict. And um, we used to get in trouble if we said shut up. Like, we used to have to clean the whole kitchen. That would, that would be the yeah, punishment. Shut up's bad. Mm-hmm. However, he would have my father, if the batteries on the remote didn't work, he would drop the F-bomb like it was, like it was going out of style. Yeah. And, Luke, that is the ultimate. That is the same situation I had. My mother rarely used sentence enhancers, uh, but my, my dad was all over the place. And it was it was just a weird dichotomy that, you know, you had on the on one end, that language and, and, you know, sweetness and niceness coming from the mom. I bet you that's the dynamic in a lot of homes. It is funny. And um, I'm from a big family. I have 11 brothers and sisters. Wow. So, so growing up, it, it's funny. Like, we all used to, you know, we used to go through that phase to where we had to, like, sneak saying shut up. But then it got to the point to where we're just walking around the house just just dropping the F-bomb. You know, like, it's, it's not something to brag about. It's kind of bad, but you know I what? guess my dad kind of won that battle. <laughs> Were you able to say that you hated somebody? Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. so sh- mind, shut yeah, up, was, stupid. I, I, you couldn't say something sucked, right? No, no way. Okay. Um, we would get soap in our mouth for that. Because wow. we've said this before. Thanks, S- sucked is a contraction of a fuller phrase. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the origin of it. I just used, I, I thought it meant like, oh, that stinks. You know, that's terrible. Like, I It does not, mean that it now. It does. Well, now. I know, but I, like when I would say it, oh, that sucks. I didn't understand why my parents were upset at me for using that phrase. Right, yeah. Because of its origin. Sucks D. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And, and, well, I mean, and let's go to the, the wrestling thing. You know, suck it. That became right. a popular phrase amongst kids. What are we talking about sucking on here? <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty, you know. Haven't we used, like, as a stupid question, that, or maybe, Steve, you brought it up one time, that when the first time suck was used. Used on TV. Uh, yes, was, we did bring them. I don't think it was me. I think you might have brought it up, Preston. It's a stupid question. It was like an All in the Family, maybe or something. I don't know. But I it don't was, remember. Yeah, it was. It was a, maybe it was SNL. You <laughs> suck my <laughs> and shut the f- up, huh? Hang on, let me go to Greg. Went to Catholic school, Casey. You'll be able to uh, uh, identify with this. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Hey, good, Preston. What's going on? You guys rock. Thank you, Thanks, hey. man. Appreciate it. What's your story, bud? Uh, so I was. Raised in a Catholic family. Uh, I went to grade school in uh, Lansdale. And uh, when I was in eighth grade, uh, we were in 
in the lunchroom one time, and the bell rang. You had to be on quiet before we went out to recess, and I just let one rip in the back corner of the cafeteria, and my whole table just started laughing. So yeah. we got called up, and our kids, the lunch lady, you know, let everyone else outside. She asked me what happened. I was the one that admitted it, and I said, you know, you know, Miss So-and-so, I, I farted. And I said the F word, and she looked at me like I said something extremely awful, and I had no idea what I was really saying. And she was just like, have you not heard a more appropriate way of saying the word fart? Like, <laughs> like you you should not have said that. And I ended up getting a 10-point demerit. Wow. You got demerits in detention fart. for saying fart? Oh, after that day. By the way, fart is, is TV-friendly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Fart's completely, I mean. This is eighth grade. Wow. Yeah, I but got I mean, the, I, thanks, man. I got demerits for asking, uh, in, and I was a sophomore in high school. Granted, I probably could have just asked for a tissue, but I asked for a snot rag. And um, <laughs> you got demerits. And I got demerits for, for that. that. Yeah. <laughs> snot rag. <laughs> I mean, snot would snot be inappropriate in school. Yeah. Uh, in, in your when you were in Catholic school, case would snot. I mean, it was did snot rag was the combination, or just saying snot? I don't know. I guess maybe probably it just sounded a little aggressive. Aggressive. Yeah. I, I don't know. I probably could have just asked for a Kleenex or a tissue, but there yeah. are better words for that <laughs> other than snot. Now I'm going to put my foot up your ass if you ever say it again. In español, because it was Spanish. Oh, was it? Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, how would you say this girl's name? Sherry. Cherry. Yeah, let's Terry? go that. Was your name Sherry? Terry. Oh, Terry. Terry. The uh, T is silent and not written. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Terry, what's going on? You guys rock. Hey. Oh, appreciate it. Okay, so I was brought up in the house. We weren't allowed to say shut up. God forbid we ever said fart. No. We weren't allowed to say stupid. We didn't hate anything. So I brought my kids up kind of like that, but more liberal. But one day, this was only last month, my 23-year-old came into my room and said, the C word. Oh, wow. Whoa. Wait, 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 wait. Before you continue, a boy or girl? A girl. And did she call you a C word? No, she called my other daughter and I found out. Okay. She called it to her in a text and my older daughter told me that she said it. And I said to my younger daughter, I heard you used the C word. And she said, oh, mom, come on, get with it. Everybody uses a C word now. No, and no. walked away from me and shut her bedroom door because she knew I was coming after her. And I kicked down her door. <laughs> wow. With one karate shot, like one yeah. kick. Uh, yeah. And I'm like 5'4". Well, how, how how young is the younger daughter? You said the older daughter's 23. How yeah, young? The older daughter's 26. 20... And she actually told on the younger daughter. Oh, what a she's Wait, how old's the younger daughter? <laughs> Twenty-three. These are these are adults that are telling you. What, what, what are the idiots? I mean, yeah. you know, mommy. I'm sorry, but she is. What, what did she have to leave her family at home to come over and tell you? <laughs> They're twenty-six and twenty-three. <laughs> Mommy, and, and you're like, kicking the door down, Terry. Yeah, Dad, this is Steve in Philadelphia. President called me a duty yet. Hey. Oh my if she God. lives in her mom's house, and her mom doesn't want that word being used. Yeah. Those are the my rules. I was psycho, but via text, no, I don't mind. She has every right to have them not use the language. But the fact that a 26 year old tattles on a 23 year old <laughs> is, a, is, is insane. She didn't really tattle. It was like a big thing, but well, I just went like as soon as she said the word to me out loud, I was like, 
something went through my body. And I'm going to tell on you, and Mom's going to keep all your pension checks. <laughs> that is a world stopper, though, man. When when you that's thanks, Terry. See, that C word, word is the nuclear. That it's Defcom it. Four right now. It, it's it's it goes past the F word. More, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's worse than the F word. Uh. Don't don't you think, Preston? Oh yeah, C word trumps F word easily. It's a pretty great little yeah. secret. You know, it's a bomb. It's a, it a is whole a bomb. lot it's of Trump. Yeah. It's your Trump card, right? Yeah. Especially if a girl like out of nowhere. I I, I remember a situation. A girl called me an a hole or something. It was like a a driving thing, almost road rage or something along those lines. And I called her an F and C. Wow. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm whipping this out right yeah. now. This is the time. You take it out like, dust this off. Want to make sure this works. is yeah completely working. <laughs> sure all right, let's see. Uh, all right, Marissa just brought this in. First time the word "suck" was said on television was a 1980s TV version of Uncle Buck. It wasn't Dan Rather. They made a TV show. It was not Dan Rather. Tonight's headline story sucks. <laughs> sucks the big one, the big hairy one you might find on a large man, a utility worker. A utility worker. <laughs> They're big and strong. Where are you going with this, Dan? A personal fetish. <laughs> so, Uncle Buck. Uh, let me go to a couple other calls here. These are good. I'm going to go to Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Good morning. Hi. Hey. Dad Zooks. Dad Zooks, buddy. What's happening? Um, Nothing. When I was uh, younger, my my parents did, like, they threw around the F-bomb, everything, all the time. Yeah. Like, all the time. So when I was like 14, 15, a buddy of mine was planning to spend the night. Yep. And uh, I didn't do dishes or something. And my mom goes, oh, F you, Taylor. And I'm like, F you too, mom. And she goes, I love you. And I'm like, I love you too. And like, my buddy's like standing in the stairs like, oh, crap, should I leave? Oh, I don't know what to do. Like, scared, like. Like, if there was, like, he turned white, and he's like, oh, God, what should I do? So, Taylor, you could freely use that word amongst your family? Yep. Wow. It's funny, because Randy Kostanowitz, when I was Thanks, growing man. up, my, my uh, neighbor and friend, <laughs> he had that kind of, he and his sister had that, they could curse with their parents that mm-hmm. way. Oh. And it was a case where the parents really tried to be more, um, you know, uh, what do they call them? Uh, friends or, or yeah, I know what you're talking they're, about. They're parent they're friends, buddies, yeah, which I think is a big mistake. If it's if it's too much, yes, I and, agree. And I'd be there, and I mind you, I I knew all the the curses, and I was, I mean, I was I yeah. was using them liberally, but in that environment, I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, you know what? Uh, my friend would uh, say to his mom all the time, "I hate you." You know, like just oh, you know, when he didn't get what he wanted or whatever. Yeah, you know, I hate well, you, mom. Twenty eight at the time. No, Did he was twenty five like year old rat him out. Eleven, twelve, somewhere around there. And so I kept hearing him say this, and I said that in front of my mom once. I was like, I hate you, mom. And it was like everything stopped, and I really hurt her feelings. And it was like, oh man, you know, and I couldn't, you know. As a, I, so I only said that one time. I yeah, I've seen a couple of kids, mm-hmm. you know, that have said that oh. at at, uh, at functions that we've been at, and I'm like, you know, my wife look at it, and I we look at each other and just go, uh uh-uh. uh, ain't no way that would fly in our household. No, nobody got talking. talking that. No way. Well, in case you remember the time that you that it happened with you, but like for that kid, for the other kid, it was like commonplace. You know, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't yeah, even if you're registered. Just, yeah, if you're just. Throwing them off, no problem. Right. That's a bad sign. Yeah. All right. anyway. Got to have respect for the parents. One, one last call, because uh, this guy's been on hold for a while. I'm going to Joe here. Hey, Joe, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you today? Doing well. Good. What's up, buddy? Um, I grew up in an Italian household, and the only curse words were in Italian, so I didn't really understand them, but um, 
I told my mom to shut up once. And can I just tell you what she did to me? She'd probably be arrested for She put a hot iron on my arm. Oh, oh my God, Joe, that's abuse. Jesus. Um, it was the last time I said it. I'm 35 years old, and I just said it right now to you guys. It was the last time I said first time I said it. I, Joe, the last time I said it to my mom. Was there a lingering, do you still have a scar from that? Uh, no, it wasn't like, it was just like a real quick thing. I ran upstairs, cried my eyes out, and sat in my room underneath my bed and waited for my dad to come home from work and then got my, you know, tail whooped when he got home. Yeah, yeah I, I love how it's written on our call screener here. Because I told my mom to shut up. Once. Once. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Dangerously. That's wow, Joe. Once. It, it was once, and it was the last time I ever did it, and she doesn't remember. I bring it up all the time. Really? I bring it up to my daughter, who's uh, who's 12, and she, I, you know, she would still, still probably once in a while, you know, shut up this and that. I'll, you know, I'll yell at her, and I can't really do what she did to me, but I mean, there's, I, thought, things... I, thought, I was like, you know what Norma did? I was like, she, you know, she put a hot iron on my arm. I think that's what we got, you know, and she doesn't believe me. And I was like, I told her, I was like, ask her. So she called her. I didn't do that. Your, your father's lying. And this and I was like, wow. Because, yeah, I mean, you, something like that you can use down the road, you know, with the, the, as you're an adult. What are you going to do, Mom? Burn me again with the iron? You sure. Know? Uh, that's, yeah. not the, that's not the only time. She left, she left me on this, you know, she puts me on a Frankfurt L by myself, you know, on the train. She was uh, trying to kill you, my friend. Yes, yeah, Joe, yeah. your mother she was, was trying to kill did you. She, did she ever uh, she mention left, about an insurance policy or something? <laughs> Uh, my mother, the most my mother Thanks, did was punch me in the stomach. Well, you did ruin a lot of meat. I ruined four hundred dollars worth of meat. <laughs> That's in the freezer. Right, the freezer. <laughs> I, plug the freezer. I needed to plug in my wood burning kit. Uh huh. But uh, it was so because she's like one hundred and six pounds, right? You know, and I'm a gorilla, and and she she <laughs> she punched <laughs> me in the stomach. I'm like it didn't even really feel it, but right. but you know what? That guy who just called in, his mom, she remembers. She just she does. does she oh, doesn't yeah. want no. to remember. She uh, probably regrets the hell out of that. Interesting. All right. Well, anyhow, it was just uh, we got started on this. The uh, the Toronto mayor dropped the s bomb in front of a bunch of kids, and he's done a bunch of other terrible things. But yeah, anyhow, e- expect more from that guy. Yes. Uh, we're gonna take a break. Stay tuned. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Steven Singer's Real Expert Jewelers are available for virtual and in-store appointments. Real diamonds, real experts, real people. It's easy to go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, how you guys doing? Doing well. Hi. Did you have any difficulty waking up this morning? Um... No, not real. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I actually the last two days I got up kind of early. I did the very early morning golf thing. You'd mentioned uh, Matt O'Donnell earlier, Nick. He and I got up and played at six o'clock in the morning yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah. what's his weekend like? Does he ever sleep in? Uh, I don't know. He's yeah. he, he's he gets up at you know before we do, like three a.m. or something like that. So. Reckless Surprise- departure. Yeah. Surprisingly, I didn't have trouble going to sleep last night, and I usually do. I went right to bed. was wasn't able to. I mean, uh, you know, didn't have a problem going to bed or getting up this morning. Mm. After yeah. you know, after a week long, it's it sucks. It sucks to to adjust and 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 all that stuff because it's you know I I tend to be a, a late night person you yeah. know uh, but uh, and then sometimes I I'm just staying up late just to, because I can. I'm like I just go to bed already. Dude, Kathy, you sent a, a text message at one point during the week. 
It was like 1130 at night, and, and I just laughed the next morning because I was up at like 6 o'clock every day uh, during vacation because I had to take the puppy out to go to the bathroom and stuff. Oh, that's when I was out with Bolaris. Uh-huh. You yeah. were taking Bolaris out to go to the <laughs> But bathroom. I just was laughing because, I mean, there wasn't a night during my vacation that I wasn't asleep well before 11 o'clock. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you're still tired. <laughs> you're I know. in the zone, yeah. I know yeah. what you mean. I know what you mean. Preston, you said you got up early because you did the um, the early morning golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I start my golf lessons this week. Yes. Kathy is going to begin playing golf. Can you believe that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, she's been very uh, vocal about wanting to uh, to learn golf. So yeah. it's very cool. What, what, what day you start? Uh, Thursday. Okay. We, we're going to play in a pro-am tournament yeah. in uh, in September, so she's got to get ready for that. I got my new clubs. We should dress her up in classic old-style golf gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the full, you know, the whole so Bagger Vance look. Yeah. That'd be, that'd nice. be cool. No, 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 no. I, I, I want to see Kathy in sexy women's golf because ah. <laughs> there are, it's, there, there's a fashion to it, and the ladies that wear it right look awesome. Like Sheena Parveen. I played golf with her you like about that. a month ago or so. She looked fantastic. What so you're going to look great. What did she have on? I've, I think you told us, but I forget. It was well, a the, thong and a halter top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. With pasties. Class, yeah. Classic golf attire. <laughs> uh, no, generally the, the ladies will you wear a baseball hat. But was and, it? But uh, did she have a skirt or pants or skirt, capris? Yeah. Skirt? Okay. Yeah, it was very, very nice. Mm. Right, so anyhow, yeah. I'll, I'll bring pictures of Kathy in her, in her golf attire. Um, so anyhow, but yeah, we're getting back into the swing of things. And it's always interesting to kind of restart after you've been... Off in a, in a different mindset for a week or more, and it seems like last week was a big week for vacations. It just seemed a lot of people were yeah. off. Yeah, you so know, I, I ran into a lot of people who were taking some time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I start off with a, a my vacation start off terrible. What happened? I just bad. I just I wasn't having a good time. We didn't really go anything or do. You did or, the staycation too. Yeah, we didn't go yeah. anywhere or do anything. And I just uh, I had been playing awesome golf, and I started and I I started off the week by playing the two worst rounds of golf I've played in more than five years. And then I got a migraine, and then I lost a bunch of money gambling. <laughs> you know, to casino. And I'm like, ho- I've got the week off. I'm going to go gamble, man. I'm going to have a good time. I just handed all my money back to the casino, and a hooker cut you, and a hooker cut me. Oh man! And I'm like, this is. It. It's it. What's no. wrong? But uh, it ended up being nice towards the end, and then the weather cooperated and all that. So we're back. Was in. the weather nice up here? Or here? Yeah, Casey, was, you were gone. I was gone. You're I in was Rhode Island. Yeah, no, it was, it was all right. I mean, New Hampshire. Yeah, it was okay. It was yeah, it was decent. It was all right. Yeah. Nothing to write home about. Okay, which you could have because you were away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was it nice where you were? I was leading in. Oh, your, I didn't know. Well, was. it was awesome where I was. Yeah. It yeah, was we awesome. Went a little All right, listen. Uh, it was beautiful where I was. Uh, we um, went to Vermont the first night, camped in this campground. Uh, I think it rained. Do-da, for, do-da. Yeah, we, it, it rained for about 45 minutes in the, uh, in the morning on Saturday. And then we drove to New Hampshire, and it was gorgeous all week long. Lake Winnipesaukee? Lake Winnipesaukee, which, you know what? I found out I was t- every day I, I got up early and I it was having my morning coffee and I tweeted out stuff and I, I sent out my favorite scenes from What About Bob? Yeah. And then on Friday I found out that What About Bob, although it was set in Lake Winnipesaukee area, was filmed in Virginia. Really? I was so Those pissed. lying bastards. I was so mad. But, um, you know, so well, it- was this lake up, at least up to your... Standards. Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful, and I found out that like the the lake sort of, um, and I'll misspeak here, it like replenishes itself like every four to five years with chocolate milk. With chocolate milk. <laughs> now it's it's spring fed in certain areas. It was so clean. Oh really? I, I see. I liked it. Could you see down to the bottom? I could see down to the bottom. Um, for uh, you know, we we all right. So the house we stayed at 
was actually a dump. <laughs> All right. I didn't care. You said like a dump, please? Um, I No, I didn't care. I just wanted a house on the lake. What made it a dump? <laughs> Wait, did you know you were what you were I knew what I was into? Well, kinda? I had an idea that I knew it wasn't going to be Because it nice. was in the dump section? No. Did it, your wife know? Um, I was very limited in... So, no. I, all right, so the weeks <laughs> leading up to it, oh, like, I would come know. home and she'd be like, hey, you know this place doesn't have a washer and dryer, right? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. We can get a laundry service. You'll and, love you know, it. Yeah. So, you know, with the kids swimming in the lake, she would obviously want to do some laundry so the kids aren't wearing dirty clothes or whatever. I didn't care, you when, know? When you got there, did you find a book bound in human flesh? No. No, okay. They did have an answering machine, though, which I was like, wow, I haven't seen one of these in a decade. I wow. remember about two months ago, you, you, uh, we were talking about this upcoming vacation, and you, there was an option for you to upgrade, yeah. and you considered it. You didn't go with that upgrade. No, no. Okay. Um, you would have upgrade... gotten a better answering machine. <laughs> no, <laughs> Steve. All right. So and look, and free beeper service. I come home another day, and my wife's like, "All right, so you know this place doesn't have air conditioning." I'm like, "Yeah, I know." <gasps> um, oh. And it's, that's fine. No. We're in. No, it's New Hampshire in August. <laughs> um, you know, it was nice and cool, very low humidity. We get to the house, and. Uh, I mean, there's just this beautiful, huge lake behind us. You know, uh-huh. you go into the kitchen. At least that was there. Yeah. So you, you get into the, this kitchen, which, uh, you know, was rustic. <laughs> uh, rustic or rusted? Uh, both. Yeah. Uh, you get into this kitchen, and you look out the window, and there's this beautiful lake behind you. And you barely even notice that one of the chairs in the living room adjoining this kitchen was decorated with a bed sheet. Huh? <laughs> you know, like, oh so I was, like, afraid to even look. I'm like, why would that's, Wait a second. that's what they put over this thing to just get a new chair? You know, like, I don't so know. So are you I, distracting Diane going, look at this beautiful view. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is so gorgeous. As, he, go as he gently pushes the dead rat yeah. off the counter. I didn't, I didn't even want to look. To see what was underneath the bed sheet, you know, yeah, like, yeah. but they put a fitted bed sheet on this chair to cover up whatever was underneath. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just going out and spending, fit- we were driving on these country roads and they had all these antique shops where you could have just invested maybe $50 of the 2000 I spent on this house. <laughs> To, like, buy a new chair or something. But I didn't care. It well, didn't maybe matter. that specially decorated. Oh, like you do care. Yeah. I know. I thought I it was funny. I didn't care, though. I didn't care. Oh, all right. All right. Did you guys see this picture? That was my view every single night. It's a beautiful night. rustic on Golden Pond shot of uh-huh. a lake. Uh, and, Sunset uh, looks yes. gorgeous. Uh, now, From yeah, the dump. Never once did you turn the camera around the house, right? <laughs> all right. No. No, no, no. And then they Two had a basement. for the week? What's that? Two grand for the week? Two grand for the week. Okay. That's, That's actually it. pretty reasonable yeah. for, for, I mean, if you you got everything there, you're paying for, obviously, you get, location. Yeah. What would you pay for a, for a beach house? Um, uh, we, like, more than that. Yeah, 2600 something week? like that. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, and, and just a quick aside, like, you could spend, I mean, this, it's almost 400 a night, so you could spend that in a really nice hotel for a week, yes. which is what you like to or do. Or buy a chair. Or buy a chair. Buy <laughs> a chair. A, for 400 bucks, get a really nice chair. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was. Convinced Convinced that I think of the sh- of, of the whole show, I would probably be the only one who would stay at this place. I think Kathy, if you walked <laughs> oh, in, you would have no. gone no, no, no. Dennis, why didn't you tell me about this? <laughs> yeah, you would have gone and stayed in a hotel or driven to New York Absolutely. or anywhere. Uh, but I was I, I was surprised that my wife 
stuck it out, but by Friday she was ready to she go. Went to kill you. She was getting itchy. Yeah. You know? Well, it's because of the sheets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bed bugs. Bed bugs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting issue. itchy to leave. Oh, because uh, you want to get home? No, because I'm infested. I've, yeah. re- I've rented a crappy house with my family in the past when I was growing up. Actually, uh, in, in New England as well. Case and it, it like it, it, Steve to your point of spend the extra money on a hotel or wherever you're going to stay because. Even if you're not going to spend a lot of time in that domicile for the week, it just it makes it that much. We better. don't get you know we don't get we get two long vacations a year, and and if you're going to do it, you might as well hedge your bets. It's difficult finding a place sight unseen, though. I mean, it is. Sure. I mean, at least now, internet wise, you get a pretty decent idea. If there are enough pictures, I feel fairly confident. But if there are only one or two photos, I'm like, no, nah, what not, if I'm not going to risk it? What if there's no photo of the answering machine? <laughs> then, then I'm out. Dude. You want to make oh, sure that forget it, it. it's it's got to be a dictaphone or nothing we did have cable tv on tvs on tvs that were smaller than any monitor we have in here and there were tubes uh, there were tube, uh, tube tvs, TVs yeah. or whatever but uh i read I, a lot was the cable just to keep it from falling off the stand uh, uh yeah basically yeah. basically we, we had uh, we reserved a flea bag one time unbeknownst to us it was uh me and uh at the time my sister and i were traveling in los angeles and, and my girlfriend was along too and we were going to go down to mexico to rosarito well, I've been there. And, and uh, yeah, we had a friend suggest a hotel. Oh, it's great. You're going to love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real nice, real Thank quaint. you, friend. We show up, and we, we go into the room, and my girlfriend and my sister both look at me and go, we are not staying here. <laughs> There's no way we're staying here. And we had to haggle to get out of this whole thing, wow. and then we had to scramble and find a hotel room somewhere. How bad was it? I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was run down. It wasn't nice. It was... Uh, you know, but they were just, they were having none of this it. This is the presidential suite. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's, you know, and, and this I This is where do, the president died. When we do, when we do vacations, I, I do most of the research for myself. I, I I don't go to a travel agent. I like to, for some reason, I find it kind of fun. Yeah. It's it's an adventure to, to go through and find everything that you want to, uh, the amenities you want and, and booking it. I like doing hmm, it myself. Upholstered with bed sheets? Uh, <laughs> answering <laughs> machine? It's got it all. So I dig around a lot. No, I'm the same way, uh, Press. I don't have a, a travel agent, although you guys have recommended yours, uh, Steve yes. Kathy. I'm going to try him sometime. Um, but, um, I, you know, I remember my dad would go through, like, the AAA catalog back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. And book stuff that way. And and it was often hit and or I, miss. It could be, and it, but still, you know, you, when you're, if you're if a free spirit, you want to go for it. Casey, you went for it. You know, one time we were upstate New York and my brother-in-law would... You know, we were staying at this one hotel, and and um, we could only get that for two days. So he booked us into another hotel. We're up visiting family, a family function, and he books us into this place. And I kid you not, I, I walk in, and there's one small like kids bed, and then on the other side of the room is a bunk bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have no kids. Uh-huh. I mean, this is an adult's room with bunk beds. Yeah. <laughs> Like what the? I get to be on the top. And you, you, you checked in. The reception desk was the bar in the restaurant. Oh wow! The bartender did all the. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I was. I'm sure. I'm sure I got vitiligo from that hotel. You know. Listen, I um. All right. So we brought our puppy with us. So our our you know choices were very limited. So. Um, we had to stay at a pet friendly place, and you could see why this place was pet friendly. Yeah, because you, know? you can piss all over the <laughs> house. And nobody will notice. In fact, there are a few dead pets under the counter. Yeah, um, take a pet. 
And there were definitely there's a bin full of pets by the front door. You know, my, you know, we walked in and, and there was like a stain on the kitchen floor. I was like, that's not ours. You know, yeah. like we yeah. didn't do that or whatever. All right, so it was pet friendly, but also was someone I, there to show you around? No, and in here's a conservatory. <laughs> <laughs> this room I like is to come in here and reflect. Our studio is bigger than than the whole house, okay. you know. But I, I really, I didn't care. You know, I just, I think it is funny. But Would I would you also, stay there again. I would. I would. In that house. No. In that house. Would your wife? I think um, he's convinced himself. Yeah, of this. you would not stay there. Again. And down here, if you like to work on making clothing out of human skin, <laughs> it's a perfect room for well, the basement. At least I found. The basement's another story. Um, <laughs> they they did have a basement, and, yeah, yeah. you know, it was a little walkout um, that uh, I walked was, down there. And There's was, an old woman in a rocking chair sitting away from you. Uh, I was. Oh, you spin her around. I would never go down there at night. I was immediately transported when I walked down to the basement because that's where yeah. the trash was and everything. And, and you know, there, obviously there are no trash cans outside because of bears and stuff like that. Um, but when I walked to the bottom of the basement, I was e- immediately transported to a nightmare that I had had about being in a haunted house. Like this place, the, the God, wow, was scary, that sounds man. awesome. And yeah, and it smelled weird. But I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I don't feel like I want to be down here all by myself. It smelled I'm the, weird. I'm the man of the house. Why didn't you have the kids go down first? Well, I was like, absolutely yeah. not. You guys are not allowed down here whatsoever. You know, the stairs are really steep and musty. Um, Musty stairs are the worst. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. My wife is texting me now because she's listening. When did she say I'll never stay there? Said, the she says the truth comes out. You forgot to mention we needed a dog friendly house. No, I mentioned that. Uh, that was our only option. You know what? I, I would like to get her honest opinion on on this place. Just Call because. Her. Let's yeah, get uh, her on the line. Okay. Because I have a feeling she was being a, a wonderful wife. She was great. Yes. <laughs> she was great. She was really good. Uh, we should be divorced right now, and she stuck it out. There were a few years. I mean, my mom's a, a shore person, and my dad right. is a mountain person, so right. we would have that debate every year, and we would do Jersey Shore all... You'd compromise in vacation in the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for the for the first... Mo- most of my growing up, it was Jersey Shore, but then my dad started getting his way, so we right. would do New England, and we did Winnipesaukee a few years, Casey, and it is. It's beautiful, and you can look the other way on some things, but there were, there were summers where my mom hated my dad and, and wanted yeah. to murder him because he would book a place like this and the, the floors would be slanted oh. and there'd be <laughs> leaks. You know, Listen, I understand if you're gonna if you're just going to screw around and, and you know, talk, yeah, ah, what the hell. But when you're, when you're bringing your family, I think you want a, uh, well, a that's why You know, we started looking at it. Even, you know, everybody rents uh, or the, the large portion of people rent beach houses and, and I've, I've looked into it a little bit and I'm always, I, I never know what to, well, is Preston, what's going to be good and what's not going to be good. Is you know? the mindset, because you just got to go Because you're thinking, it. well, we're not going to be in the house that much. Yeah. Is that right. what most people think when they go to, like, for, because I've, ne- I've I, never rented a beach house. I think that's what people think. I think you're exactly right. right. So that, we're not okay, going to be in we're it We're not going to be there that much. But, I mean, you know, you know the way you like to travel and right. how you like to stay. And for me, and I know you too, Steve, Casey pointed out me, but Steve as well, It, I'm not looking for, it doesn't have to be, you know, the greatest place not on earth. Not at all. But not at I, all. I would not enjoy myself if I stayed where you stayed, Casey. I yeah. want it clean and I want a couple of the amenities, like an up-to-date answering machine. Like <laughs> bed sheets on the bed. Right. Well, I'll tell you, listen. And a basement that doesn't scare me. We, we, got, <laughs> we got really, really lucky with the weather. So we were outside. Quite a bit. So you weren't even in there. No, and and that was the whole idea. The bears were inside. That was the whole idea was that we were going to be outside enjoying the the lake or nature or whatever. Right. And I and, and I will say, 
it it rained on Friday. The all loons, day. Casey. <laughs> listen to the loons, Casey. I listened to the loons, and we were right near the like the loon center. It was pretty cool. It's the loon center. <laughs> Attention, the loons have returned to the loon center. Crazy. Um, that was like the crazy old bitch. There, there were like three attractions, uh, you know, in this whole area. One of them was Castle in the Clouds. That was the number one attraction. Yeah. What, what is Castle in the Clouds? This guy. This, it's a ladder. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It was gorgeous. That, was it? There's this, uh, this it's mountain. a ladder to a treehouse. Here, um, if you guys, never mind. Um, there, there's this, uh, this giant house that this guy built that's, you know, set upon this hill that looks all over, you know, Molten Barrow and Wolf Barrow and Lake Winnipesaukee and the whole area. Right. And so this guy builds this house. He wanted it to look like a castle, so they call it a castle in the clouds. Okay. And now it's a tourist destination. That's number one. Number two was the Loon Center, which we never made it to. God damn it. I know. And you had the tickets and everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you had to sell them online. What's yeah, number for, three? Oh, who, oh, likes, so, who likes loons? Anybody like loons? Got tickets to the Loon Center. Number three was the Ridgewood Country Club. Oh, I've heard of good things. I I don't know anything about that. But I, <laughs> yeah, listen, they just that. started uh, <laughs> accepting African Americans there. It's awesome. <laughs> we just oh got we got the most beautiful weather. Um, it rained on Friday. We were going to leave Friday night anyway, just because we weren't leaving with everybody on Saturday. Um, but that was the one day where my wife was sort of like stuck in the house. She was ready to go. Mm. Like I, I took the kids bowling, you know, because the the one movie theater, which was about as big as this room, was yeah. sold out. So uh, I got a text message from her saying, "Get here, get home now. I'm ready to go. Let's go." But otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, you you toughed it out, and it was good. And you had a great. You said you said this morning you had a fantastic time. It was it was amazing. I I didn't want to leave, uh, but eventually when we got on eventually the road, the, the mildew gets to you. When we got on the road, I couldn't wait to get home, but I really didn't want to leave. We, hey, we drove to Mount Washington, um, which is like the highest peak in northeastern United States. And yeah, this, did you get a sticker that says this car climbed Mount Washington? We did. No, it, it, it comes it with it. Um, well, I bought a magnet because I wanted to put a sticker on the car. Yeah, I understand. Uh, so I bought a magnet that says it. But um, my car and my newly acquired bed bugs. I'll tell you, the first person I texted when we got to the base of Mount Washington was Nick because um, when we got you get you drive up to this summit right, and yeah. it's it's an eight mile drive up to the summit, and then you get out of the car and then you have to walk the rest. I started bugging out like I couldn't breathe. and Because uh, of the altitude, and yeah, And we had the dog with us and everything, which is probably a bad idea. Did you ride he's, the dog? No, he's barking <laughs> at everybody because he's probably freaking out because he can't breathe, right? So the dog is like, and it's like cloudy, you know, because yeah. you're in the clouds. And the dog's like, rawr, 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 barking at everybody. And I, I now I'm carrying him to the summit and he's barking at everybody. And I'm freaking out because I can't breathe. I'm like, oh, God, I think I might have a heart attack. I don't, you know, and then I look at my wife and she's like, oh, you know, we got to get this. Look at me! <laughs> like, we, I was bugging the F out. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. I feel like I'm going to have an heart attack. It sounds and like a great time. It, it was, does. Up it's until that. The fear of death, the fear of your basement, an the answer smell machine. smell of mud. Smell of yeah. mildew. Yeah. You talk about the fear of death when you're driving up this auto road. They don't have guardrails. Yeah. All right? And it's like straight off a cliff. And the road barely fits two cars, you know? I'm like, hey, how about you just invest a couple of bucks into a guardrail or maybe <laughs> into, like, money. into, yeah, into, like, maybe some more asphalt. Right. Maybe three or four more feet of asphalt on this road that it, somebody dies on every single year driving up to the top of Mount Washington. Is there a slight chance some of this has been bottling up inside <laughs> over a couple a of days? By it's... the way, I'm not mad. Like, I loved I it. I loved it! I loved it! 
I recommend Lake Winnipesaukee for the vacation of your life. Who wouldn't love it? State-of-the-art entry machine, bed seats on the chairs in a scary basement. I haven't stopped scratching. You can do a railway up uh, Mount Washington. That, you that, can do that. Yeah, the Cog Railway. I've done that a few times. It's it's uh, and that's at like what six thousand feet, sixty. That way your dog can breathe. Yeah. No, yeah. like eight thousand feet or whatever. It's no, something. no, it's not. That's what I thought I read. No, you read wrong. No, I actually did. Nick I, is I, a mountaineer. He would know. I didn't read it. My wife read it. That's what I thought Tom she had read. Charles. Yeah. But um, no. So, uh, but I did on the way back. I saw so many people with the passenger of the car like covering their eyes because it's you know you're literally just on the side of this cliff and and if you go off you're done. That's it. Well, they never do like uh, the uh, the Pacific Coast Highway because yeah. that'll that'll scare the crap out of you. Oh yeah, as well. well that is scary. Jackson was telling me about this place in Colorado that he drove this auto road that he drove on it was the same exact thing nah, he always tells that story <laughs> <laughs> i just uh i just planned a trip over while we were gone i wasn't doing anything during this break <laughs> and, yeah <laughs> now, in two weeks me and my son are gonna go to vale and uh oh wow spend, wow. Uh, spend some time there yeah so you've been looking awesome. for something to do with uh with your son Yes, we're going to go whitewater One of rafting and, uh, and Jeep uh, Jeep back road. Uh, That's awesome. Back roading but Jeep just and... so people know, you're going to leave a book of matches for your remaining son. Of course, yeah, so he can play with, have something to do. But that, I think, is like, that's over 10,000 feet. Yeah, so. parts of it. I did that uh, for a bachelor party a few years ago. Yeah. It, it was a bluegrass and beer festival. and um, it's, Sounds right up my alley. It was incredibly fun, and it is uh, it is beautiful there. But there are pla- uh, passes where you can do mountain roads and whatever, and... Um, you know, easily get up to ten. Yeah, so I need to uh, to be ready for Casey's uh, freaking out, breathing, and uh, <laughs> just yeah. bring, bring as many dogs as you can. Yeah, so you carry them around. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, wow. we got we got down from the summit a little bit, and I went to take some pictures, and it was really really windy. And I went it's to the, the windiest spot on uh, in the in the United States, is it not? It, well, the, in I the mean, the world, the in most the world, yeah, the windiest conditions ever recorded. Recorded, we're at the yeah. top of Mount Washington. Washington. So I decided to piss uh, not into the wind. But I just. But I'm another tourist. No, I, I, I went to this like. Cliff. Hey, where are you from? <laughs> Jersey. Jersey. Here, let me take a that's, piss on you. That's a piss. <laughs> well, Mount Washington tradition, dude. If your state's above mine, I have to piss on you. I never heard that. That's true. But you know, my yeah. vacation, so. Wait a second. You're you got the cabin with the answering machine. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to you. I jumped out of the van just to go take a couple of extra pictures, and I walked across this this little area, and I went to this cliffside, and I was by myself, and I really had to pee, and I was right. like, okay, and all the wind was blowing in this one direction, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna as it pee. tends to do, I'm gonna pee that way, yeah, you know. So at the, and uh, midstream, the wind it changed, changed, and just the same, it was like f you, buddy, and it, like it all went in my face and on the camera lens. I was like, how, how did that happen? It went in your face. Wait, and the camera lens, were you taking a picture while you were peeing? Well, I had the camera around my neck. You gave oh. yourself a golden shower. <laughs> wow. I didn't yeah, tell anybody did. about that one. Wow. You didn't tell the family about no, it? No, no, no. Guess no, what no. daddy just did? <laughs> I just peed on myself. I just peed on my face. Daddy, you have, to pay, you have to pay for that. Wow. All right, well... I, I wasn't expecting to get that much out of you, but oh. that's nice to know. <laughs> I, by the way, 
I loved it. Every, I had a great every time. time. <laughs> every single, I had a great time. Every and the, what did I say before I left? Because with the camping you, and and the crappy house, yeah. everything there was a this beautiful recipe for either disaster or just a wonderful family vacation. And I figured I would have a great story, regardless. Good. Right mindset. Yeah, you, yeah. you set yourself up for a, a, to have a good time. Uh, but everyone else agreed, or were uh, oh the kids had and, a great and time. Diane. Ultimately, uh, um, she yes. was ready to get out of that house. Like I said on on Friday when it was raining and she was stuck in the house, she was ready to go. Was it because a voice told her to leave? Uh, no. The woman in the basement. Leave the house. <laughs> when that was that was the other thing. Like the dog, the puppy had me up at like three in the morning to go to the bathroom a couple of nights. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> You're dogging. I got scared because of bears and, you know, whatever. No, you can't. Like, you can't, yeah. I was, like, a l- little bit freaked out. And the but one- you did the right thing. You covered yourself in piss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that, Grizzly. Next time, rub salmon all over your face. <laughs> wow. By the way, Nick pulled up Was- Mount Washington is under 7,000 feet. It's uh, 6,288. So that's, At that's what the point height, when the you peak. were climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, did you uh, notice the, that the you were breed, dying? <laughs> that you were dying. That the breed, that you were slowly I, dying. Well, I was thinking about Ray Lewis from you know uh, of the Ravens. He had he couldn't climb all the way to the top of the mountain, and right. it's not because he's not in good shape, but like I guess the no, altitude he's a pussy. affects people differently. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, um, I never got altitude sickness, but I, I was always short of breath, especially when you got up to the summit. So that was a year ago. And, Kilimanjaro. Uh, I'd love to uh, to do Mount Washington again. I don't think I'll ever do Mount Kilimanjaro again. But um, yeah, I. I about I don't know ten Casey I started losing my breath. It's an amazing thing when you know when you get up to those mountain altitudes. Uh, you, you don't know what to expect, but mm-hmm. when you start to, when I've been up high in those altitudes, you you get very thirsty. So they always tell you yeah. to bring loads yeah. of water. This is going to be interesting when we go to Vail because there's there now at the top there are zip lines and a ropes course. Yeah, and we're going to try that out. I'll probably die. What time of year are you going? I'm going in two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so that would still be, be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it'll still be comfortable. I mean, it may be a little bit on the cool side, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, well, anyway, Case, nice, yeah. interesting. I don't think I'll ever, you had fun. I'll ever be allowed to book the house again. Uh, <laughs> but you'll go back to Winnipesaukee, right? I would right? definitely go back there. Okay. You always say this to me. i got to say it to you. I'm so glad I'm not married to you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, well, listen, uh, we do need to take a break. and Stay down. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger begins Monday, November 16th at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center complex. You heard correctly. The event is a little earlier than usual. This difficult year has made it even harder for area families staring food insecurity right in its face. Which makes the Camp Out business challenge more important than ever. Props to Subaru of America for leading the way, challenging other area companies to get involved. It's effective team building for your staff as they rally together to help fill abundance in their mission to drive hunger from our communities today and end hunger for good. For those who go the extra mile, there are prizes for the top three business challenge donations, including Preston and Steve broadcasting live from your place and for your staff. Go to WMMR.com for complete details and a list of especially needed food items. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger from 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first.
You know him, of course, from his solo work, like what we just played now, and uh, the band Creed. Please give some love to Mr. Scott Stack. Yeah. What's up? What's up? How you doing, Scott? Welcome. I'm doing good, man. You, you guys woke me up too early, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the nature uh, of a morning we show. We don't though. live the yeah. rock and roll yeah. hours, man. Yeah, that, that couch back there in the other studio is comfortable, though. <laughs> <laughs> were you really sleeping in there? No. <laughs> many were, people but, have. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Many, but we, many people. We, last night, we thought about it. We actually came in here. You know, no one was here. It was empty. And, and uh, you know, I thought about sleeping on that couch. Right no, that couch sucks. That couch is the worst. It's like it's like a Flintstones couch. It's made of rock. It's horrible. You know what, Scott? I mean, uh, the band Creed. Who who would have known when you guys first surfaced that all these offshoots would come out of this band? Uh, you know, there's a few different things. Uh, obviously, Alter Bridge, and then there's a Perfect Circle, and then your your solo work, and 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 uh, you guys float in and out with some other musicians. And Miles Kennedy has gone on to work with Slash and. It's kind of a cool little chain of events that uh, what this band has created. You know, I think I, I think life has a way of just making things the way they're supposed to be, man. And uh, you know, here today, you know, it's a big day for me. You know, my album's out today. Uh, well, I dug that, by the way. I not, I mean, we were, that's the first time we were able to hear it. That's that's, that's balls. A, it does, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Is it why well, I was asking you? We were talking about uh, hearing it on the air, hearing it through the audio chain of a radio yeah. station. Is th- when you hear a song of yours on the radio, do you still get a little bit of that initial, hey, man, that's cool? You know what? Uh, I can honestly tell you today, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's, 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 an, it's a big day for me. You know, this album was a long time in the making, and, and it's like the start of a new chapter in my life uh, and what the future holds, man, and I'm really excited about it. That's cool. You know, and as, as Steve, to, to touch on a little bit about that, hearing it on the radio, when you uh, when musicians are in the studio and they're recording and it's mixing and it's being put together and it's running through the absolute most exemplary equipment that's available <laughs> right, yeah. and it just yeah. sounds awesome, you don't hear it until you hear it on the radio, I think. You Absol- know what I mean? Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And this is like one of the first times oh, that's uh, cool. I've had a chance to do that. So I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, did Chris, Lord Algie, and I get this mix right? Yeah. Because the mix is so important to yeah. how it sounds through the radio. And he's he's amazing and, and he knows that. So I was pretty, pretty happy to hear it. Man. Good. Do you remember what the first song of yours was that you heard on the radio? And do you remember where you were the first time you heard it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it was uh, My Own Prison. Uh, and I was in college at Florida State University. It wow. was on a locals-only show. And I'll never forget because uh, me and Mark were sitting there, and the DJ comes on, and he goes, yeah, these two local guys, let's check out their music. They're probably sitting around the radio with a couple <laughs> girls <laughs> trying to impress them. And we look at the girls next to us, and we're, like, smiling because that's exactly what we were doing. So. And did it work? Did you impress them? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my two favorite songs uh, that you have done are, are Higher. I, I just yeah. think it's a great song. And then I was really surprised by Rain. Um, I, I just think it's a beautiful song. I don't know if you have a favorite or not, but th- those are my two. Yeah, I definitely have some favorites uh, over the years. Uh, I think from the single standpoint, uh, you know, I think uh, Sacrifice uh, has always been a favorite of mine and One Last Breath. Um, so. I mean, there was. A, I was doing some, you know, some reading up on you, and 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 here's. It's a classic story. I mean, you know, you 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 hit a, a big streak of success. It seems the in- industry as a whole likes to say, "Hey, you're awesome." Now you suck, and now you're <laughs> awesome again. You've been through that, and yeah, from, from your perspective, I mean, you, you're you're in a good place now. Yeah. I mean, when you look back at that ride, you know, and the way things went, what's your perspective on that now? Well, I tell you, it was awesome. 
Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't change anything for the world. Uh, you know, I feel so blessed and fortunate. Uh, Did the down stuff yield? I mean, because sometimes I think a lot of times you got to go through that down stuff to get your proper, you know. Absolutely, man. Reference. To, to, to grow. Yeah. You know, and, and, and to, to move forward as a human being. So without that, you know, how are you going to do that? And so for me as an artist, you know, without that period in my life, uh, I'd never be sit here and talk about it because this record really sums up. Uh, with clarity, you know, the last 10 years of my life. Well, and that track we played, Slow Suicide, yeah. seems to follow that theme. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, you know, it, the song represents uh, and talks about just me reflecting uh, on some things um, that, uh, you know, I did and, and choices that I made in my life that I realized were slowly killing me, man. Was um, alcohol was the demon? Alcohol. Yeah. Uh, and, and the thing about this song is, is it doesn't have to be you know, alcohol or drugs. It can be a relationship. It can be anything in your life that's robbing you of your happiness. That's poison. Peace, man, you know? Did you get to the point, uh, I was reading, I don't know if this is correct, where you actually at one point holding a gun to your head and this is do or die time. I, I thought about it. I was, yeah. pretty, I was pretty wasted yeah. uh, at that point. So I wasn't in my right mind because, mm-hmm. you know, I think about that sober and I'm like, man, I could never do that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it, was, it was at a pretty bad point and, and thank God for a photograph uh, of my son Jagger on the wall because it saved my life. Yeah. When you have moments like that and you look back on them, uh, I would imagine putting them in lyrically and musically down has got to be therapeutic for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it started, you know, uh, this album would have never been born had I not written my book uh, last year, uh, Sinner's Creed, because really I was at a place where I hadn't processed it all, you know, I, and I really had lost myself and was really questioning everything. You know, you know it's a funny thing, Scott, is it's something that you learn and I've learned is that uh, there's a lot to be said for stepping back and taking a breath. Yeah. And a lot of times in life, you don't do that. Is that something you had to learn as well? Absolutely. Yeah. To be still. Right. Uh, you know, and just was, absorb it. Right. And that, and that was tough for me. And to feel, you know, man, like like to to actually feel what's going on without without numbing it. Right, uh, right. Because it's so easy to do that and just keep moving forward. And and when that happened, man, and I finally got some clarity to my life as a whole, uh, this album was born. Is it is it weird when you're taking something, as Preston was talking about, the personal uh, aspect of a song about suicide, uh, and does it then become very daunting because you want to do it right, you want to convey the message right, and you're oh, trying yeah. to capture an emotion? Yeah. Uh, or Or is it a case when something is that profound in your life that it just flows. What well, depends. Sometimes yeah. it just flows, and sometimes it's it, you just can't finish it. Like a song I've been working on for my daughter. Uh, her name is Milan, uh, and you know I wrote with arms wide open for my my first son Jagger before he was born, and I just can't seem to finish this song for my daughter. It's just never good enough. Do you hold on to you songs I mean? and, yeah. and go and go go back to them like this? Is this something uh, that eventually this song is? It's going on six years. Wow, of trying to to write this song and it's just never good enough and chicks man you know what i mean it's like it's what like is first, it first, first it was her mother and now it's her man. i tell you what i never understood how complex and 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 wonderful and the depth that women had until i had my daughter dude you know you were speaking my language yeah dude. my third is a girl yeah. my wife had to talk me into going for round number three yeah. and now i look at her and i'm like I love you so much. It hurts. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I can't stand it. It's, you know, it's so, so awesome. It, it is. It it's is, beyond it, incredible. It's amazing. It's made life worth living. So yeah. Worth being here is now worth it. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's cool. Uh, let's talk about some of the musicians now. Obviously, you and uh, Mark Tamani have a great 
symbiotic relationship when it comes to writing music. Uh, who are the guys that you brought on board for this? Oh, man, I worked with a lot of cool people uh, through this project. You know, I saw Kenny Arnoff. He's one of my favorite drummers oh, of all time. man, Kenny's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And he still looks 30. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, this can't be Kenny when he came in. And, yeah. and uh, you know, he's he's awesome. And, and Josh Freeze. Yeah. Uh, you Great know, drummer. The legend. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Tim Pierce. He's played on over a thousand uh, rock records, man. And, and just from Michael Jackson to to you know doing backing tracks on pink floyd albums mm-hmm. uh you know and uh phil x uh, amazing guitar player uh he's currently filling in for sam Bohr right now you did know these guys awesome. write with you or well phil did like okay for example phil and i wrote uh with tyler Conley from uh, theory of the dead man uh we wrote proof of life okay uh and uh you know so some songs were and some songs weren't uh were not how are you with uh, with criticism of, of you as a singer? Man, you know what? I've had so much over the years. <laughs> you just become, <laughs> that, you just get you know immune. What? Hey, I'm human, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I'm very in touch with my frailties, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, you know, going to the bottom uh, can can really put you in a place where you're vulnerable and finally start going, you know, maybe people are right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, you, know. you got to. It's funny. It's uh, the, one of the greatest things you can do for yourself is get rid of ego. It's hard to yeah, do it in, in this line of work, but if you can get rid of that, yeah, you're golden. Absolutely. Here's the thing about about lead singers that I've my own personal observation is uh, as far as vocal styles go, you look at some of the the all time greats. You look at uh, like uh, Rod Stewart, Mick Jagger. Um, uh, even even I was thinking about I was hearing an Elvis Costello song the other day. Every, they all have quirky, bizarre, weird things. They're not these great, clean, awesome vocalists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those people are backup singers. Right. <laughs> the clean, awesome vocalists are. It's mm-hmm. the people that have something that's a little unique, a li- the raspiness of Rod Stewart's yeah. voice. Uh, the, the way that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Elvis Costello says, peace, love, and understand. <laughs> that was awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. I worked all week on that. He actually is in a tribute band. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's... El- Elvis, not Stella. <laughs> you have some uniqueness in your pronunciation of of, uh, of words and and how the, your vocal tone is mm-hmm. that it makes you stand out. I mean that's that's what makes a singer a singer. I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know. I think that Tallahassee boy, Florida boy, comes out sometimes in <laughs> in uh, in the way I pronounce words and mm-hmm. and uh, you know. Uh, it's just uh, it is what it is, well, man. Yeah. To be honest, there are a couple things that you did, like like solo stuff, and you you back up other bands from different projects that you'd done. You know, after the the, the Creed thing, you know, it sort of became it was sort of in vogue to not like Creed. We've yeah. had our fun with Creed as well, and with yeah, you as, as well. You know, in all honesty, we we were part of that. But then you you do projects, and man, he sounds good. It sounds good on that. Yeah. Um. You know, if if um if you were to if you were to pick the band. Besides Creed and besides the guy you work, guys you work with on the, on this album, what would be the band you'd most love to sing with? Because you have done in the past. Oh, uh, you know, I in the past I would have said The Doors. But yeah, yeah, I, but yeah, that dream came true. Yeah, it know? did, and it was it was really good. Yeah, by the way, it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, um, the Eagles. The Eagles. I, I, I would love to sit down with those guys uh, yeah. and write songs, man, and just jam with them. Did you see the documentary? Uh, the one, the three hours? I haven't yet. It's oh, it's awesome. Amazing. Oh, you gotta watch It'll it. rock your world. Really? Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, I want to get back to criticism because I've found that uh, 
uh, we're our own worst critics, so it's not yeah, like any yeah. critic can really <laughs> say anything that you haven't thought uh, yeah. your, yourself. And, and earlier you touched on clarity, and I would imagine uh, in your sobriety, yeah. um, that's what you're searching for as well Absolutely. as acceptance, right? Right. right. Um, so acceptance for uh, you know things that uh, you have done, and right. um, you know f- uh, for who you are and who other people are. Right. Um, however. Uh, I'm sure you have some moments where you look back and you you, you cringe at some of the things that you have said or or have done, or, uh, yeah. or have you gotten past? You know, don't we all? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that's you, what I'm you speaking. Know what I mean? Yeah, like I, you know, I think about things that uh, all the time. That do you, you know, still like, like? You're oh, like, oh man, yeah. hey, if you, you know you say, I mean? why did like, I say that? If yeah, you say exactly. you have no regrets, you're not human. Everybody's got something or I mean, regretted at one point in their life. Well, yeah, or you're Kanye West. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. He's well, not human. Yeah. Well, definitely things that you're embarrassed of. You know, I mean, I look yeah. at all those experiences and I'm like, you know what? If I didn't get drunk and black out on a poker show. And if, if you, you know, and make a complete fool out of myself mm-hmm. doing kung fu and talking about my son living in my balls, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if 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 I didn't do that, and and my wife didn't make force me to sit down and watch that six or seven times, yeah, that was one less step that kept me from getting sober, right? Yeah, that's, and that's true. the point. You know what I mean? True. I needed that. I needed that wake up call. Uh, if you, as part if, you of the whole thing. if you screw with the chain of events, and people yeah. say, oh, if I could just take care of that or extract that. You know, there's a, there's a very precise, even though sometimes it seems very random, the way things work out. You start yeah. effing with that. Yeah. You're in such a good place now. Yeah, it could man. have been jeopardized. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it is what it is. And, and, and now, anytime I've gone to hang out with other people trying to get sober and stuff, and, and they're like, you know, what was your deal? Yeah. I'm like, go check it out on YouTube. <laughs> right. Right. I, I definitely belong here. Yeah, and if you're happy with, with who and where you are today, then yeah, all of that man. other stuff doesn't yeah. matter, or, or and, it does. And, and you know what it's done? It, it's, it's enabled me now that I'm on the other side of that. Yeah, uh, and that I'm sober and ha- and he there. It's enabled me to help other people, man. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what keeps me going on because there was a point in time where everything was gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was no more music. There sure. was no more big rock and roll shows. There was no more band. There was nothing. So what was my purpose? Uh, and I really that was time to get small. Uh, and I found purpose again in just trying to help one other guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when my life began to change. If you're just tuning in, it's uh, Scott Stapp who's joining us, and his album Proof of Life is out today. Is your wife here with you? Is she sure is. Well, that's her sitting over there, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, well, game over, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you win. Shocker. You win. She's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and and so she's touring with you. She's going around in this uh, promotional tour with you right now. Uh, she comes. She's my she's my quote unquote Sharon Osbourne. Oh, uh, she's my. That's she, actually she's my Sharon. <laughs> uh, she's awesome, man. She's my best friend. Uh, Does she help run the career as well? And or? she uh, she's a mom. She's a wife, and and definitely we have pillow talk. I bounce things off of her, and and uh, but mostly, uh, you know, she's a mom, and 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 my wife, and she's also a children's book author. She she oh, has cool. her own thing going on, and. And uh, she was Miss New York in 2004. Yeah, you, you, ah. you had that in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm from New York. Yeah, yeah. that's you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what opportunities um, would you like to capture again? Maybe something you missed out on or if you could do it over again. Or coming up, I mean, you mentioned working with the Eagles. But, like, what is something that you just like, man, that was such a great opportunity. And either I blew it or I'm so glad I was a part of it. You know, uh there's there's probably quite a few uh over the years if i really wanted to analyze it uh for me it's just being in the moment with everything that i'm going to experience going forward it's a good way to look you at it well yeah. i mean like being present 
uh, and really, really just enjoying and appreciating in that moment what I'm doing. You so know? not just being sober, but acknowledging, hey, this is great. This and, is awesome. And yeah. make note of it. Yeah. yeah. All right. We yeah. had um, Mark Tremonti on just a few weeks ago, maybe a month, two months ago. God, he was a boring interview. Yeah, but no, but we did <laughs> he ask was. him. He was. He was. Yeah. We were getting nothing out of him. We asked him a question. I want to ask you the same thing because there's a, a, a series of videos on YouTube and it's whatever band oh, yeah. shreds. I'm a big fish head. So there's right. a fish shreds, but the funniest one, I think, is Creed Shreds. Have you seen no, any? No, I haven't. Stop oh, it. He loves it. Tremonti loves it. They okay. basically take away the actual audio and then put in gibberish. Gibberish. It's like uh, the guy is, is doing a, a, a lame impression of you, and he's just saying things that make no sense at all. You're singing the lyrics. Oh, I would love that. And, and the and band in the background things too. are coming out, yeah. and... The only time you actually hear music is when they the camera goes over to a musician. So you just you got to see it. It, yeah, it does I mean, no justice explaining it. You'll I, have to. I would absolutely love that. Okay, and, and I'm sure you probably bust out every once in a while with a because <laughs> that, that's because that's my uh, the, anytime someone's trying to impersonate me, you know, in public, that's they're, me. Like, yeah. they're like, dude, uh, I sing uh, your songs in karaoke, man. Check it out. A quarter's in session. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, is that really how I sound? But it's not just a lampooning of you. It's it's everybody. So, you know, right. like when, when Tremonti's... I'm so glad you just did that, yeah. Scott. Yeah. When Tremonti's strumming, the, the guitar is like a crank, crank, crank. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's it's really, really well done. So oh, awesome. when the interview's over, if you have five minutes, I'll I'm have going to show to. you. Yeah. I'm going to. Let me That'd ask cool. you a question about your name, too. You, Scott's your middle name? Uh, Scott, my birth name was Anthony. Right. So Scott is my middle and name. And yeah. is it true, the legend, that you changed your name because with your stepdad's name, your initials would have been ass? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, so, is, that is absolutely oh, true. What, 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 your, so is Anthony, who's your first name? Anthony, Anthony Scott Stapp. Anthony, uh, Scott Stapp and... and <laughs> And, uh, and some couple kids at school in elementary school said, "Your ass!" <laughs> and uh, you know, after after getting in a fight and getting yeah. suspended from school for a couple days, you know, uh, when the he wanted to adopt me, uh, you know, I was like, "Can we move Scott to the front?" <laughs> so, he could understand the. So that was when you were real young. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. So that so was, now you're was sass. eight or nine. Now I'm sass. Yeah, that's better. very cool. Yeah, better than ass. Yeah, better than ass. <laughs> Although ass would have been cool. Now. You know what? I've I've been called worse. <laughs> and, and, and I've been an ass in my life, yeah. so it might have uh, been kind of foretelling. Uh, well, tell us about your uh, your your charities and uh, with the uh, you know your your because I've been I was reading a, you do a lot of stuff which uh, doesn't I mean you don't you're not in it for the recognition but yeah bring us up to date on what you have going on with your organization. Well, you know, uh, wherever I feel compelled in my heart when when something's going on in the world, yeah. uh, you know, I definitely just act on it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one thing that's really important to me uh, is the hunger issue uh, that's going on in this world and and working with. With programs like uh, Feeding America, right, uh, and Feed the Children, uh, that's something that I always love to be involved in, and and try to point uh, people to if they're looking to make a difference in their own communities. We actually do what is the single largest single sponsored food drive. It's the Camp Out for Hunger. It's coming up in a couple of weeks, and it's with Phil Abundance. So it's wow. that same same thing. We so. just found out yesterday that uh, in the years that we've been doing this, that we've raised over three and a quarter million meals. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. That's so what awesome. are you doing in between December 2nd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because if you're in Philly, we'd love yeah, to have you stop yeah. by. It's actually, believe it or not, it's a lot of fun. We, these guys don't leave the parking lot for an entire week. We're, we're there most of the time as well.
well, and it's down at the sports uh, complex right in South Philly. It's, it's a really good time. You know what? I may be by the area because I'm going to still be going around and talking to people and telling them about the album, and if I'm nearby, I'm definitely going to come. Let us know, man. We'd love to have you, you know? down. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, we're there all day, so like, seriously, if you want to come out and perform or something like that, it'd be, we'll if there's see. a stage set up and everything, it's we'll fantastic. I'll, I'll be doing radio promo and stuff, but if I'm near the area and have a day off, I'll be here. Cool. Man, absolutely. Okay. Thank Scott, you. what's the story on, uh, on touring to support this album? Is that going to happen? Uh, yeah, man. We're making okay. uh, announcement uh, in the next two weeks. Uh, I'll be here in Philly. Uh, the dates are going to roll out. Again, like I said, the next two weeks, check out scottstapp.com uh, or my Twitter or my okay. Facebook for all that information. And I'm starting off here in the United States. Uh, going to do a run here and then hit the rest of the world. And Do you go out with the studio musicians or you have a, a touring band? Uh, I have a touring band, okay. which I'll be announcing uh, on the same time that I announce my dates. And, it, and you know, there's some guys that, in, that are formerly of bands that, that people know. So uh, they're good guys. and It's going to be a lot of fun. Very cool. cool. Excellent. Well, the album is out. It's called Proof of Life. It's Scott Stapp. Very... Uh, a very open album. You're very... Yeah. I mean, you've always been that way lyrically, I think, but this is to uh, cover some things that you needed to get out. Yeah, man. Uh, very personal record, it seems mm. like. Uh, and you can grab that on... Uh, you know, I have a hard copy of a CD right here. Of course, you can download it digitally, all that stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, so we'll put links up to uh, Scott's uh, Twitter page and any other information on PrestonAndSteve.com for those who want to uh, check it out. Uh, thanks for coming by this morning. Good luck oh, with everything. All thank right. you, Preston, man. It was awesome. Always good to see you guys. Excellent. Right. Cool. for Scott Stack. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Hit up the WMMR.com contest page for your chance to win the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Homegate Kickoff Prize Pack, including a $100 Primo Hoagies gift card, a four-pack of custom pint glasses, a case of Bud Light Platinum, and more. All delivered personally by members of the Preston and Steve Show. WMMR.com. Everything that rocks. Our next guest is in the new film. He's star in the starring role uh, from Coen Brothers. It's a film called Inside Lewin Davis. And it looks pretty, I mean, the reviews the Brothers, are, man. and the reviews, especially for this one, are phenomenal. I mean, they're described as just a, a return to their best. Yep. Some music from the film, which this gentleman sings, by the way. And we want to welcome Mr. Oscar Isaac to our show. Yeah. This morning, how you doing, Oscar? Good, good. I'm doing great. Let's get started with the song right away. Let's. Long and tall. Who's singing uh, harmony with you on this, or is that's, that yourself? That's Marcus Mumford. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, of and Mumford he acclaim. and he is involved in the film. How besides the music? Uh, he was an associate producer of the of the whole album, so he okay. he um, he was involved in the whole soundtrack. And his wife is your love interest? Yes. Okay. Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. yeah. Who's who's great? I, and and. Um, uh, does a very good English, American accent, I should say. Yeah, she plays a very angry woman. Yeah, she's very angry. <laughs> my, my favorite is when she says that you should have double wrapped it oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> and wrapped it in electrical tape. Yeah. The Coen Brothers films have they, they have such presence. You know immediately if you're just flipping through the channels, and even if it's a movie you haven't seen before, you're like, "This is Coen Brothers." You can tell by the cinematography. You can tell by the the camera placement, the dialogue, all these things. It's just so and John Goodman. And, and John, John Goodman, Goodman. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's such um, a staple, but he's he's extraordinary in, in everything. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the the story of the film, who you are, what it's about. Just give us a rundown of that for those people who are not familiar. Yeah, it's basically uh, it's this it's a story. It's a week in a really tough 
week in the life of this uh, folk singer trying to make it in 1960s Greenwich Village. About the uh, time that uh, Dylan's coming up. Well, right before. Right. You know, it's a bit of an ap- apocalyptic film. Okay. You know, it's like <laughs> right. the end times of folk right before the Messiah comes and, and you know changes everything, which is Dylan. Right. So this is a guy that plays old folk songs, and um, he... He's not really finding an avenue for his expression, and he's frustrated about it, and people aren't that interested in what he has to do. And, you know, the Coens said, you know, the, the night that the Beatles played on Ed Sullivan, there was an opening act. Yeah. Imagine being those dudes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's wild. You know, like yeah. they never yeah. went on to play again, and so they, they wanted to make a movie about those guys. It's funny because I'm impressed by the fact that it's it's a guy who's sure of his talent, maybe not completely sure, but he soldiers on, and there's there's a point where you're talking uh, talking about you just you don't want to give up and just be one of the, the, the general just... people, right? And, and the, it's pointed out to you, well, that's how most people live. Like the anomaly is the world of entertainment and what you're looking to do. Right. But as, as an actor and as a, as a musician yourself, there are times, I'm sure, coming up where you had that same sort of, am I on the right trajectory here? Am I on the right path? You're always doubting yourself. Absolutely, yeah. It's a lifestyle that makes you constantly reassess yourself. Yeah, and constantly dealing with rejection. Yeah. You're at the whim of other people's subjective opinions. Right. Um, and there is a constant refrain in the film. Uh, he even sits down to go to the bathroom, and on the on the you know there's graffiti on the wall. It says, "What are you doing?" Yeah. And this this constant echo of "What are you doing? What is it that you do?" So and, you could really tune in with that as yeah. far as like your real life is concerned. Correct? Yeah, for sure. You know, you questioning what your motives are. Like, why are you subjecting yourself to this kind of humiliation? Well, it's got to be a little bit uh, weird for you because you, you're a graduate of Juilliard. Right. So when you get into Juilliard and you're in Ju- you're, you're star, you're like, man, I'm I'm like I'm in Juilliard. I'm, I'm in, yeah, yeah. 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 Then you graduate and you're kind of at the bottom again. You got to yeah. work your way up. And, yeah. Um, I but mean, you got You started working pretty quickly, though. Yeah, I was pretty fortunate. I mean, the movie's a lot about success and failure being on a knife's edge, and yeah. and there's very few people that are these shooting star geniuses that are going to do whatever they're going to do, no matter what, like Shakespeare or whatnot. Sure. But the rest of us have to work really hard, and then. Um, have a lot of luck. Well, you you yeah. you started yeah. with music, correct? I mean, you you you're a musician, kind of yeah, yeah. kind of all started at the same time. So I was, I, I was sang badly for many many years. Well, you, you couldn't have been that badly. You opened your band, opened for Green Day, correct? Yeah, well, opened. Yeah, uh, we played it in the festival <laughs> on like the third stage. Oh, <laughs> you know, okay, that counts. Yeah, that does count. Vans Warped yeah. Tour, you did as well. Yeah, we did the Warped there. Yeah, so that's that's something. That. No, were, for sure. No, we were pretty. You know, we were a pretty good band. It was like a punk ska band, but but it was a similar thing. You know, it was like ninety nine, two thousand. Okay, that, that, it was kind of starting to fade away, mm-hmm. and it was like, what are you doing? You know, what what are we doing? And that's when I auditioned for school and decided, all right, well, I'm gonna maybe let the band thing go for a bit and just. You know, study study acting. Was it was it true that I guess somebody at some point said that you, you were with a troupe and you were basically told you didn't have the talent to get into Juilliard? None of these people would ever amount to it. You sort of almost took it as a challenge. That's right. Yeah, yeah I yeah. was in Miami doing like children's theater. Right, and we had to go around and introduce uh, each you know ourselves. And one guy was like, "I went to Juilliard." Yeah, right, <laughs> as if any of us could ever go to Juilliard. Right, and right. I'd always stayed in my head. So when I visited New York, I passed by and I was like, "Oh." That's oh, Juilliard, yeah. and went in and, and asked for an application. They're like, "Oh, the deadlines was that was last week." And where's that dude now, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're as much a fan of the movie making process as the movies themselves. I think it fascinates us because we're not in it. You know, we get glimpses of it from time to time. Right. And and so uh, when you get cast in this movie and you're going about it, and then Justin Timberlake gets cast in it as well. That guy's a superstar. Mm. Is that at all weird or intimidating or odd? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, the 
the movie is about musicians, and, and really the film is a concert film. All the music in the film was done live. T-Bone so Burnett. T-Bone Burnett, who the is, legendary T-Bone Burnett, who's the musical Mr. Miyagi. And, and, is and has won Oscars for work with the Coen brothers. Uh, uh, yeah. Exactly, and the, their sensibilities completely lined up. So uh, all of that's done live. So it wasn't a surprise that they wanted some musicians in there, some real musicians. And so uh, when he came aboard, I mean, he's great. The dude's got crazy range. Yeah. Uh, he, there's a song called The Old Triangle that he and Marcus do the bass for. Mm -hmm. and uh, it's, They're the bass for that. They're the bass. That, all right, so yeah. honestly, I don't know how you don't get caught up in this, but like the Huffington mm. Post and all these uh, publications are calling you the next big thing. So do you buy stock in that? I mean, not really. You know, I mean, that... that, that you know the refresh button <laughs> happens a lot. You know they're constantly sure. looking. You got to keep it. Thing. You got to keep it in check. Yeah, yeah. You know, I It'd think be nice if you were the next big thing. Hey, though, right? why, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the next big thing also was like the next big breakdown and the well, next. True. You know, the thing that you never do, and we've learned about this, and just seen other people who who fall into the folly of, and we call it buying your own crap. Yeah. You know, where you where you we believe that. But there was a review, and and I was going through some of the reviews. It says here a sterling lead performance from Oscar Isaac. Helps the Coen brothers deliver an impressively nuanced character study. That's from a major reviewer mm. uh, whose name I didn't write down. But uh, yeah, no, but and all the reviews are excellent. The movie's uh, Rotten Tomato scores is through the roof. Yeah, it's, it is great. I mean, the, the Coens they they just they know how to set the the stage and set the field for you to knock it out of the park. Right. for everybody to do their best, absolute best work. It must but, be nice having your first name as Oscar because anytime your name gets mentioned, you can say, "Well, they're talking Oscar." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they will be talking Oscar, especially with this song. So, you know, Oscar wins an Oscar. Uh, who gets that Oscar? If this song is nominated and, and you win, does that go to T-Bone Burnett? Does it go to you and Marcus Mumford? Well, I, I, I don't know how that goes because these are all old folk songs. So I don't think, I think they're all for like original songs. There's one original song on right. here, which is the Please Mr. Kennedy song, which it's uh, Justin, myself, and Adam Driver mm -hmm. uh, from Girls. And it's, it's a really wacky song. Okay. Uh, but as far as the other ones, I don't really know what the rules are with all right. that. Yeah. Hey, do you have a favorite uh, Coen Brothers movie? Yeah, I think my favorite one is the first one that I saw that just blew my little kid mind, which was Raising Arizona. Yes! Yeah. You know, Do we, we close movies. with the theme of that every day? Yeah. I, yeah. I judge people that. on whether or not they like that movie. And yeah. if, if they don't get it, I don't really want to be friends with that yeah, person. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah like I, I remember I saw it and I thought it was so funny, but I felt so sad and weird afterwards. Yeah. And, and that's just their thing, you know. And they've said that from the from really from the get go, and out of the mouth of Barton Fink, they said we make theater about the common man, mm -hmm. and that's what they always do. Every every one of their heroes is is a common man in weird circumstances, you know, finding themselves yeah. in like this existential crisis. Well, the dude, I mean, like you know, exactly what a loser that guy is, but he he becomes this antihero. He's an iconic figure now. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And people say very similar things about Lewin. You know, he's he's a loser. He's you know an a hole. He's yeah, big one. <laughs> Yeah. And and yet, yet they find a window uh, into him, so you have empathy and sympathy for him. Well, there are gray areas in life, and that's and that's the thing. And and uh, they, uh, I was reading a review that described spoke of uh, Oh Brother, Where Out Thou as you know supposed to be loosely based on the on the Odyssey, mm -hmm. and that they were saying that this film is more like Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> the characters that you're. You're, you're encountering. Yeah, it is a strange, uh, you know, a stranger in a strange land. Right. Someone that's so self-aware that it alienates them and they become a, an island unto themselves. And let me ask you, because they, they also point out that they described you as, as a, a ghost in your own world. Like you're, mm. you're, you're a ghost to your own life where yeah. you're, you're sort of watching your life happen. Exactly. It, it was. Does that ring true to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's just this oiled pole and he's just... 
yeah. constantly trying to climb up it and slipping down. That's well, uncomfortable when I watch stuff like that because I we've all been there where you're like, oh Christ, am I making the right call yeah, here? Yeah, frustration, life is oh. squeezing you, and these are the noises that you make. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you yeah. just happen to be checking in, this is Oscar Isaac who we're speaking to, and he's talking about the movie Inside uh, Lewin Davis. And uh, you know, you mentioned that the, the character is an a hole. Boy, you played an a hole in Sucker Punch, man. <laughs> <laughs> For those who may not be familiar with uh, with Oscar by name, if you saw the movie Sucker Punch, he's the main antagonist in the film. Yeah, and he's the guy who runs the nightclub. And it's a movie I don't. And I, I was talk, talking to you before he came on that I that I don't even remotely understand. But I, you were you were a, a visually. I love Zack Snyder. I think it's impressive. I'll watch it every time it's on. Uh, he went big with it. That's he true, went yeah. big with it, and you are you you were the standard. I remember watching that movie, and going, "This dude is intense." Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I was the only guy. In- <laughs> it had to be <laughs> good, good working conditions. Yeah, right? it was pretty good. It wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, for that one, uh, I think that was the first time I I got to do music in a film and and sing uh, "Love Is a Drug," the Roxy music. Song. Right. Right. Uh, in this big dance sequence that ended up getting relegated to the credits. Talk about the ultimate dichotomy, your bare-bones Cohen style, and that's over-the-top yeah. stuff. Are, are, would you say now you're at home at both? Or Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. for me, it's always, you know, it's interesting talking about, like, all the reviews and those kind of things. I think that whenever the personality gets bigger than the work, there's yeah. a problem. You know? Right, right. So you always got to, if the personality gets bigger than the work's got to come up even more. I wonder if being in a musician and being in a band is good preparation for movie work because you get used to being in an ensemble. Uh, absolutely, and used to people throwing lighters at your face and things like that. <laughs> There's not you... as much chicken wire between you and the audience. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I have to ask about the, the cat in the movie. I have eight cats of my own. I, I assume. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm a, I'm a crazy cat dude. I That's why you have though. the bandages on. Yeah. Or... <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, I assume it's multiple cats they use, right? I am not a cat man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got put in the hospital by a cat like, really? four years ago. What? I was just sitting on my porch, and this cat walked up, and uh, it had a little tag, and his name was Oswald, which should have tipped me off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then uh, the president. I, I started petting it, and then you know, w- after a few minutes, it just decided to bite the hell out of my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next day, I woke up with a red line going up my arm. Oh, and it, got, oh no. it got in my lymphatic system, and I Whoa. was in the hospital for two days. Ninety percent, ninety percent. Well, it's, it was a bite. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, right. so it's the same thing. But right. anyway, so then I show up. You know, cut to four years later. I show up to the Cohen set. They're like, "We got four cats, <laughs> and we're going to tie them to you, and you're going to run as fast as you can into the subway." Sound good? I'm like, "That's great. I love, I love cats." I love them. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, and, and cats, you can't train them. Well, at least they couldn't train the ones we had. Right. So, uh, so, so they had one that was a little bit more relaxed or sedate of right. the personality. And that one I'd carry around, but sometimes that one would look dead. Yeah. So we'd have to have one that was a little squirrelier. Right, yeah. And that was the one you'd have to tie to me because it would constantly oh want gosh. to get away wow. and, like, scratch me in the face. Right. Did they have their nails? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, they sure did. <laughs> they sure did. They sure did. Yeah. Hey, Oscar, I want to talk about the the focus of the of the film, which is the uh, the folk music and and uh, and that time in in New York City in the Village and, yeah. and all those things. Were any of the the old folk singers a part of this film? I mean, not necessarily in it, but maybe as um, consultants or anything like that. Or did you get to rub elbows with some of those people? Well, uh, you know, there was definitely inspirations. I'll tell you the person that that that, that rubbed off the most, which is someone that's actually quite Lewin like. Very quick story. 
story. I was uh, just for the audition. I knew the audition was coming up, and I was doing this really tiny little independent film. And uh, there was a guy playing just like the drunk guy at the bar. This older gentleman, right, right, had like one line. In between takes, there was a guitar sitting around, and he picked it up and started playing. And he was one of the most amazing finger pickers I had ever heard, and playing in exactly the style of, of music. Right. So I go up to him, I'm like, "Hey, man, you're you're incredible. You know, I've got this audition coming up. It's kind of based loosely on Dave Van Ronk. Do you know the mayor of um, Mayor McDougal Street? McDougal Street. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who was like this Greenwich Village staple? Right. Uh, you know, never Dil quite made it, but exactly. But lived Dylan, in that world. Dylan stole House of the Rising Sun from him, and you know, right. all, all sorts of other things. And he mentored a lot of people. Anyway, I was like, "Do you know? Do you know him?" He's like, "Yeah, I played with Dave." And I, are you serious? He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Where do you live?" He's like, "I live on McDougal Street, above the old Gaslight. I teach guitar." Wow. So his name's Eric Franzen. So I go to his place, and he just started playing me all these old records and recordings of him and Dave playing. And you know, and he said, "How long you been playing?" I'm like, "I've been playing for about 20 years." He goes, "Nah, you've owned the guitar for 20 years. <laughs> you've played for like six months." <laughs> and so uh, he started teaching me how to play this style, and and, and he's living the life. And he actually, I would go and uh, and uh, open up for him at this club, uh, Cafe Vivaldi, and all around okay. the village. Wow. And you know, he actually lived it, and and. You know, for him, is also a little, uh, has lived a bit of a frustrating life as a musician. You know, so was, he was a big inspiration. It was wild because at, at that time, a lot of the the people that defined that scene and were known for coming out of Greenwich Village, none of them came from New York. They all moved, went there. You know, they were not exactly. There was very few that were from New. I mean, right. including Dylan. You know, yeah, and he yeah. would make up. This guy's very much not Dylan. You know, Dylan made up this whole mythology about where he was from, and he would change the story every yeah. every other day. Um, but but Van Ronk and Lewin very much so. Uh, they're someone from the boroughs. They're a kid from the boroughs. They're blue collar. They're the workmen. They're not the 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 poet. Right, right. How lucky was it that you met that guy? Just... Right, how completely serendipitous. Yeah, yeah. And, and teaches you talk to the drunk at the end right? of the bar. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's he... the lesson. That's the lesson <laughs> I'm Probably. taking away from yeah. it. And avoid cats with attitude. I was looking at uh, the cast, and obviously you mentioned John Goodman. He's a staple in the in the Cohen films. Yeah, uh, and I, and I see you know Justin Timberlake's in it, and as we said, uh, Carrie Mulligan. I saw F. Murray Abraham. I saw you yeah. in a, in a scene with him. Yeah. Wow, he's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, man, he's yeah. intense. And talk, you know, the, the irony that he he plays basically the gatekeeper for the folk world. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh, Lewin takes this really horrible trip all the way to Chicago to audition for him. And uh, the fact that it's Salieri, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's holding the keys, yeah. you know, and, and um, he pissed Scarface off. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he dropped out of a helicopter. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so yeah, that was you know, and he's a formidable dude. Uh, so that was really intense. It was just one day of work that he had, but he 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 really plays. He gets into the skin of these guys that were that were the arbiters of people's lives. You know, when you're doing their dialogue, the Coen Brothers dialogue, is it a case where they split up? Okay, one of the Joel is. Pointing the camera and, and Ethan saying like I want to say you say this. How does how do they split that up? It it, it varies. You yeah. know they kind of tag team a little bit. And they never really they never really check in with each other that much. Uh, as far as like you know, or right, you go talk to them or you go talk to them. they just someone always takes the the foot okay. forward. But it really you know it's having two geniuses, <laughs> two brains making the same exact movie. You know, they're completely on the same page. So you just have double the horsepower. Are they the same? Like, the, when you're talking to one, you're like, man, you're so much like your brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's the, the, the their vibe is very different, very, very, very similar. But, you know, they're different people. So are there disagreements? Yeah, well, yeah, when there's a disagreement, I just do whatever the last guy that came up to me said. <laughs> oh, and do you go over and say, you know, Joel is uh, Joel saying stuff about you? No, it's not, it's not what your brother said. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play a little bit of the, the song you mentioned, uh, Please, Mr. Kennedy. And this is uh, this is the main original song from uh, the. Take my 
Is this you singing this? That's the three of us. Uh, Justin Timberlake, Adam Driver, and myself. One second, please. Please, Mr. Kennedy. Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? That was huge, and and that actually set off a bit of a uh, a resurgence for bluegrass music and and uh, people who maybe not have sampled that kind of rootsy country feel yeah. before. Do you think this uh, soundtrack might open up some doors for people who have not really fallen into the folk music uh, lore? Yeah, I think so. You know, I know that the the radio often can sound like a Renaissance fair. <laughs> with, the, with, the, like, with the resurgence of a sure. lot of, mm-hmm. sure, yeah. A lot of... I think it's Mumford has done that. I mean, these guys know. I, I really don't care for it personally because it's being labeled as a form of rock music, and I see it as something completely different. But it certainly has opened the doors for yeah. some sounds. But a lot of that, a lot of that's you know, like anthem music, yeah. You know, and that's a little bit different than than the roots, you know, more of the roots music, which is a bit more intimate. You know, there's a reason why folk music became protest music because it's so direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can be really simple and really direct. Did you always like it? Because you obviously, you know, earlier in the interview you said you played in a ska punk band. Yeah. Which is totally awesome. Not, not a the same. Different. Yeah. A little bit different. But did you always have a Yeah, a, I, a I grew fondness? up listening to Dylan uh, okay. and, and, you know, Cat Stevens and Simon and Garfunkel. So, like, they're, they're, you know, that was obviously after this. But, but you know, T-Bone has talked about this, too. He said, you know, that when, when, when those guys from D.C. went down at the turn of the century and did all those field recordings of, of pe- you know, the poorest of the poor, that that was the single... And then broadcast those recordings across the world. Right. That was the single most democratizing act in the history of man. Yeah. You know, that's what T-Bone says. And, and right, yeah. I have to agree with him, you know, because that's where all modern music is based on, is American roots music. And it's so linked to American history. And so whatever gets us closer to that again, and I think that's cool. Yeah, you know that's what was happening in the '60s. It was a, it was a, um, you know, Pete Seeger taught all these little kids in these camps about folk music, and then they grew up and started doing this. Yeah, Oscar, there's a great documentary we always mention uh, called uh, "Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story." <laughs> have you ever seen that? Yes, I have. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> <laughs> so their trip through the folk music. Oh, uh, do we have the clip it. of his his uh, his Dylan-esque song? Oh, yeah. Somewhere oh, it's, around here, we it's probably so. Do. Spot on. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> but that's yeah. that's the beauty in it is that you can have fun with it and it can still be silly. If you don't take it too seriously, yeah. um, they won't take it too seriously. Mailboxes drip like lampposts in the twisted birth canal of the Coliseum. <laughs> Rim job fairy teapots mask the temper tantrum. Oh, say, can you see uh, Rim job party? Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Johnson uh, Riley, man. He's so uh, spot on. Oscar Preston had mentioned uh, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Which, yeah. uh, when, that's, when that uh, movie came out, the soundtrack was, was a hit as well. I know... Uh, we had it. You purchased it. I loved it immediately, yeah. and I'm not really a country music fan, but uh, but I heard Man of Constant Sorrow. I'm like, that is a damn good song, but and I fell in love with the entire album. This YouTube hole that I fell into last night, I ended up purchasing Fare Thee Well um, mm. on iTunes, The and then I pre-ordered the album, which comes out on November 11th. But I also, there's a movie called Once. I don't know yeah, if you've ever yeah, seen yeah, it. Of course. Um, it's great. Glenn Hansard. Glenn Hansard. Yeah. I labeled that as a musical because, yeah. you know, and I don't know if this has that sort of same feel where it's not necessarily musical like hairspray yeah well, you were saying it's but, in a way it's sort of like a concert movie too that's yeah. exactly yeah. right i'd say that, that, that that's right you know the, the music it's not a, a device for the plot mm-hmm. or even a total expression of the character but it's like a, it's a window into them mm-hmm. and uh and that's what these all these songs are uh they're you know they're they're, they're all sung in their entirety 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a little snippet of someone singing and onto the story. I you know, love that, especially when the music's good. Exactly. Yeah. The movie starts with a full song right off the bat. So they're saying, this is the kind of movie this is going to be. You're going to hear this guy play songs in their entirety. It's Excellent. really nice to hear you be very proud of a movie because we were, we were talking about it before. You, every now and then we'll have somebody come in and they're, they're pitching it, but they don't believe in it. I, that's, I, that, that's been this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. yeah, it's hard. You know, it's a lot of energy to to, to find a way to to invest or get excited about But you know what? But this one, it's different, man. I can talk about this all day. But even with the stuff that you, you got to go out and promote, you know, there are people who worked on the movie and people whose livelihoods depend on the movie doing well and so on and so forth. So it's, it's yeah, the course. onus is on you to yeah, go Yeah, you're out. not the only person involved right, in this. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Can you see a finished product, that, you know, the, a film that you've been in and you're watching and you go... Damn, I thought that was going to be good. Too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 While we were shooting it, it Often. seemed like it was going to be really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, hap- that, that's happened often, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Nature of the business, man. Yeah. What's your- the, the word on this is just phenomenal. Yeah. I'm very excited to see this. Love the Coen brothers. And right from Sucker Punch and the other movies I've seen you in, I'm like, this dude's going to go. Oh, right on, man. And Thank it's you. a holiday release, man. That usually means pretty good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, it's called Inside Lewin Davis, and it stars Oscar Isaac. Thank you for coming by here, Oscar. Thanks for having me, guys. Nice to meet you. Let's hear it for him, guys. Yeah. All right. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay there. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Steven Singer's Real Expert Jewelers are available for virtual and in-store appointments. Real diamonds, real experts, real people. It's easy to go to IHateStevenSinger.com. It's always been Acme's goal to make sure that football fans have everything they need to cheer on the Eagles. And today, that goal is no different. No matter what game days look like this year, they'll be there to help you kick off, cheer from your favorite seat, and host like a pro with all the snacks, party trays, and game day foods you know and love. Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by McGuff Bus Company. McGuff Bus Company is now hiring for experienced drivers. McGuff offers flexible schedules, industry top dollar pay, and more. Visit McGuffBus.com. Grand Junction, Colorado police are investigating a bizarre strong arm robbery where a man pepper sprayed a woman and stole her monkey. Stole her monkey? Yes, when a parking lot pet sale turned bad. Uh, the woman, now, how can a parking lot pet sale turn bad? Uh, Especially woman, when you have monkeys. The woman met the man in the parking lot of a La Quinta Inn to complete a pre. Hey, they're selling monkeys in the parking lot! <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, big tent sale full of monkeys. It's like you didn't know it. You just drive up and you see it. Holy crap, they're selling monkeys! Yeah. Uh, so they met in the parking lot of a La Quinta Inn. Uh, to complete a previously arranged deal to sell him a black uh, capuchin monkey, or capuchin, however you pronounce it. You got the monkey. Instead, the man sprayed the woman in the face of pepper spray, grabbed the pet carrier containing the monkey, and ran off. There's no honor amongst monkey salesmen. (laughs) The woman was injured during the attack. Uh, The police said she wasn't serious. I saw the whole thing. Yes. It turned out like this. The transaction was going swimmingly well until pepper spray was revealed. And then, of course, it got hairy. No monkey pun intended. (laughs) The woman described her attacker as a Middle Eastern man 
uh, who is 35 to 40 Just the kind old. of guy who would sell monkeys. Uh, stands about 5 feet 5 inches tall, has a thin build. The man has a short beard, wears glasses, a blue shirt, and possibly a vest. Huh. It's just like an idiot. Police said it's illegal to possess a, a capuchin monkey in Colorado. Why? Uh, I don't know. Because they might discharge in public? It's against the law. What if you have the safety on? Anyone? anyone. Yeah, you, you, can, yeah. you can conceal it. <laughs> yeah. Your monkey. Conceal but, carry for your monkey. Uh, anyone who uh, saw anything suspicious in the area is asked to call the police. So, yes, you might want to call the police and give them that distraction. Yes, sir. Yes. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> Me? I'm a monkey. (laughs) A female shop assistant fought off a machete-wielding thief with a mop and a bottle of vodka. Love it. Police said the brave shop assistant refused to give in to the thief's demands for cash, even when he threatened to stab her with the machete. I will not yield! And kitchen knife that he was armed with. By the way, again, a machete! Actually, I had another machete story I didn't even include today. There's a lot. Machetes are all the rage. Yeah. I, I just recently bought a machete. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking I made a wise choice. I'm going to start carrying it. I think so. Uh, instead, while she was just inches away from the blade of the knives, she used a mop and a bottle of vodka to fight the man off, protecting herself and her female colleague. Uh, catching the hooded robber by surprise, she was then able to raise the alarm. Uh, she was, the thief was uh, forced to flee the store empty-handed. A spokesman mm. for the... Staff at the shop were very shaken by the incident, but uh, they had been unharmed, so everything worked out all right. A woman who died last week at the age of 20 never aged. This is a sad, sad sad story. Yes, uh, Brooke Greenberg of Ryerstown, Maryland, puzzled medical professionals for years because she still looked and acted like a toddler, like a baby. I remember seeing the video on this story. I've told you guys about her before. Doctors eventually dubbed her extremely rare condition called Syndrome X. In the womb, Brooke would not develop one month and then play catch-up the next, but that stopped at around age five when all development stopped. Uh, She arrived one month early at just four pounds with a rare condition, anterior hip dislocation. She needed surgery because her dislocation hips pushed forward and her uh, put her legs in an awkward position. The family realized that something was wrong as Brooke's younger sister aged past her. Mm. So they brought her to see many different specialists in search of answers, but her condition baffled all of them. Uh, doctors told the Greenbergs to prepare for Brooke's death several times. Uh, so horrible. studied her DNA in hopes to learn more about human aging and extending youth, but she unfortunately passed away 20 years old and looked like she was like four or five years old. This yeah. is sad, sad yeah. news. Uh, on a lighter note, a Greek marketing group has created the first tweeting bra as part of a campaign from uh, Nestle Fitness for October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. The social networking bra utilizes a special mechanism hidden under the hook of the bra. When is, it's un- is so your breast can tell people that they're bored? When it is unhooked, a signal is sent to a cell phone, which in turn notifies a server that generates a tweet. A popular Greek TV presenter, Maria Bacadimo. <laughs> will be wearing the tweeting bra for two weeks. Whenever her bra comes off, a tweet will be sent to her followers, reminding them to perform breast self-exams. The tweeting bra is also its own account on Twitter. Unfortunately, the bra only sends tweets in Greek at this time. Yeah. No? No? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. All right. That works, right? Yeah. Uh, it was after the mashed potatoes and gravy went flying that the fillet knife came out. At least that's what the fiance of Kimberly Francisco told police. Uh-huh. Francisco. That's fun to say. Yeah. Francisco. <laughs> Thank you. Francis- 
Francisco's fiance said that he and Francisco were in a verbal dispute when Francisco began throwing hot mashed potatoes and gravy at him. You cannot conceal a monkey. Francisco then got a fillet knife and tried to stab him with it. Uh, he said he disarmed Francisco and put the edged weapon behind a chair. Uh, meanwhile, Francisco, Fran- that's fun to say. Francisco. <laughs> meanwhile, Francisco denied tossing the potatoes, saying that the spuds fell. She also said she didn't try to stab her fiance. I would have loved to have been there for their deposition. But an officer said, upon checking of the residence, I noticed food to include mashed potatoes appeared to be thrown around the kitchen. What was that? Uh, oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Francisco, that's fun to say. Uh, so anyhow, uh, Francisco was arrested on a charge of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and domestic violence as well. And that is what I got for you in the bizarre file for now. We'll be right back. Stay down. 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Tala. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Hear and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Tala. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. What what is with the smile here? uh, Because I totally forgot about this. It was just something that was kind of funny. And I know we don't normally talk about dreams, but there is a payoff here. Okay. Um, When I got home on on Friday night, my wife was in bed. She was sleeping, and all three of my kids were in the bed. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go sleep downstairs. You know? And so I slept. How adorable is that, though? You see them all together. It was great. Everyone you you love to death in one bed. And and so I didn't didn't want to disturb them. So I was like, you know what? I'll just sleep on the couch tonight, and I'm fine with that. So I, uh, I go downstairs, I, you know, I turn on whatever it was, and I fall asleep. And I start having this really bizarre dream, um, and it's me and my father and Sylvester Stallone. Oh, no. Okay, And so uh, in the dream, my dad and I won a uh, trip on a private jet to go have dinner at Sylvester Stallone's house. Right. Okay. So in the dream, uh, I finally get to meet Sylvester Stallone. And uh, you like your data dots. All right, so he starts talking to me, but I can't understand what he's saying. He's like, you know, and he's making no sense whatsoever. I'm like, I can't understand what Sylvester Stallone is saying. Right. And then I wake up. And I turn around, and Rocky Three is on. Okay, <laughs> okay, oh, okay. And and, so, it, and yeah. it is the scene where uh, Mickey d- uh, dies right. in the locker room, and Sylvester Stallone is crying. <laughs> and right. I actually start laughing because of this uh, of this crying scene. And so this, it press, if you want to play, this is the part where Sylvester Stallone starts talking to me in my dream, and this is what I hear. So, so you actually had this physically. This was in your dream. This was in my dream. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god wait a minute yeah. i don't even remember you don't this. remember that i had written off yeah. that movie so long ago oh my that god i didn't case. know that he uh <laughs> <laughs> How long does that go on? Another oh, 10 for, minutes. For a minute, yeah. <laughs> Is there more? Yeah. 
that's the part where I woke up. Yeah. The screaming? Yeah. Yeah. So all oh, of that. Oh, God. I'm, I'm so glad I'm dying. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. There's literally not one decipherable word. Nothing. Nothing that's even remotely understandable. It reminds me of the gibberish in that song Double Dutch Bus. Do you think there was a script? Yeah. yeah. It's written out there. His is it. Is it? I'm going to say it says, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? And what? Well, well, Mercy Dose. It's OC Dose. And it lives in Ivy. You need Ivy too. Who are you? Me. Wow, that is a horrible death scene. That's, was anybody moved to tears in that scene? It's laughable. <laughs> so you're hearing this? So, in my so is he standing there like in a tuxedo? Okay. With- so in my dream, we're like outside. It's You're very beautiful, excited. Beautiful field, this beautiful house in the right. background. And does he come out? And he comes out, and we're like go- talking. And this, <laughs> so just imagine we're having this conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, we must have upset him. And I'm like, what is this guy saying? Yeah. Are we early? <laughs> Says it sounds like my yawn laugh. <laughs> Actually, they're right, but but a couple of extra syllables. It sounds like a performing seal. Yeah. Yeah. That sounded like sloth. That let he says Mickey there. Oh, he does. Yeah. Wait, hold on. That's a Mickey. Yeah, yeah. that was a Mickey. Oh, please go. Let me. I'm done. Please, God, take me quickly. <laughs> oh, poor Rocky. Oh man. You want to talk to a dream analyst? Yeah. All right, let me go to Gene. Hi, Gene. Good morning. Hey, sorry to bother you guys at work. Sorry. <laughs> What's up? I, work, I work for a, a dream studies group, and, and his dream is actually very simple to analyze. Uh, I put together a few things, and, and I came up with uh, with a small synopsis of what his dream means. Burgess Meredith movie. There you go. <laughs> wow. Done. Okay. There we go. Well done, That's Gene. It. Thank you for your <laughs> professional opinion. You pledge yourself to Burgess Meredith. Movies. And analysis. Yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. Anyway. Is um, it? Hold on. Is that kids out? There it is. Yes. Yes, I hear that missile. Is that the whiz? They sit so the kids out and kids. They piss ass and piss off. 
See? <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think it sounds like. I'm trying to play the two. It's tough, the... right? Yeah. He can't do it, right? <laughs> I can't. Do you it. need like five extra hands. No. <laughs> Mickey has the heart attack because they get into a shoving match inside the ring, right? With Mr. T. With Mr. T. That's right. That's what happened. That's yeah. what happens. God. <laughs> I only watch the first movie. I don't watch any of the other ones. I just Number don't two do it. is is nice. Mm. Three becomes starts to, starts to enter ridiculous territory. Four is the absolute epitome of ridiculousness. Five tries to reclaim the original Rocky charm, but is horrible. And then Rocky, and Rocky Balboa, Balboa is, is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, those are the only two I watch: Rocky one and Rocky Balboa, and that's it. Which is the Russians? Four. Okay, I like that one. That's the best I, one. And here's what what happened one time. <laughs> I like that one too. Same thing happened with Rocky Balboa. One time while I was watching it on TV, came in in mid-fight, and the same thing happened with another movie yesterday. It was War of the Worlds was on. Oh, yeah. And I, and I like that version, the, the, the Tom Cruise version. It's Tom a good version. version, yeah. And so I come in the middle, and they're, they're, the aliens are attacking, and it's this big, long scene, and I wanted <laughs> to watch it. And I watch it for about 10 minutes, and I realize I'm watching it on a Spanish-language channel <laughs> because there was no dialogue. Right, right, right. Yeah. It was an action scene for like five or ten minutes. And I get most of the way into it, and then all of a sudden, don't dance about that. I'm like, oh, man. I can't watch it anymore. But it was on in regular English. Yeah, I, I had to find it. In good old American. A little bit later on. Hey, there's another piece of audio I'd like to play for you guys. Um, and this was um, intern Ed sent this over. And I don't know where he got it, but it is a, it's a simulation as to what a schizophrenic might hear in their head. And it's pretty freaky, man. And who yeah. who decided that this might be what a schizophrenic hears in their head? Psychiat- psychologists okay. and so forth that have that have uh, dealt with psych- uh, 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 schizophrenics for years and from hearing interviews and testimonials from them about what uh, what they perceive is going on in their mind. Now, full-blown schizophrenia is, is fairly rare, right? I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't know. But interesting. Right? But I mean, there's usually... Does it sound a, like the Rocky stuff? The, no, well, kind of. <laughs> there's a... <laughs> Killer, Mommy. There's Killer, a, Rocky. Killer. There's a running commentary that goes on in your mind. Now, while I have no idea of any of this stuff, but you, we all have an inner voice of some sort. I do. That, that uh, you know, you, you hear, you know, whether it's your ego or your id or whatever, of suggestions of what you're thinking, thoughts that are going through your mind. Well... In schizophrenia, these things run away and, huh. and control and suggest things, and and it's crazy. And and I've actually heard simulations before. There was one I had seen. Uh, it was actually a video of what life in the footsteps of someone who has schizophrenia might be like, and it shows them in their house, and they're going to take their medication, and they hear in their voice saying, "Don't take it. It's poison. Don't do it. It's going to kill you. They want to kill you." You know, it's things like that. Well, that's scary. But this uses uh, also uh, left and right channel the, the channels to kind of swirl around in your mind. And Nick, you had a a, a close family member who there's my uncle is a, a paranoid schizophrenic, and yeah. um, and I'm, I'm interested to hear this because for him, uh, stoplights would speak to him. Yeah. So he'd be in an intersection and he would get signals, and uh, he never got the proper medication. He, he passed a few years ago, uh, and it, you know it was awful. <laughs> uh, but listen to this. This is pretty. Freaky stuff, right. but this is kind of what you supposedly hear. 
stupid. Look at you. Do you know you can't Are the voices always British? <laughs> stupid. I think <laughs> you're stupid and so crazy. You're playing with your dally marker. You're going to see the beef eaters in Billy Piccadilly Circus. You're going to go to Buckingham Palace, aren't you? No. Sounds like Loki. I live in America. <laughs> you're going to go to Manchester today, aren't you? No. Uh, I, can't. I, live, I live in Kensington. Can't, can't. Get, can't get a flight. Can't get off of work. It reminds you of the new uh, cell phone commercial with James Earl Jones. Why is Marissa talking? Yes. <laughs> Steve's in the middle of a bit. It's all right, though. Go ahead, continue. Which commercial is that? Uh, with James Earl Jones and the British guy. Oh, I love those. I was telling you about those, where they're uh, they're reading the texts. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. very funny. Guess we're done with this. Now. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all right. Do you want to hear some more of it? This is so stupid. Why did I say that? Marissa is doing so well. I gave a great traffic report and I said everything correctly. That's stupid. So stupid when I did that. How'd you get in my head? Why do I sit on a booster seat at work? <laughs> so professional. It's not like I'm at Denny's where I have to be a parallel to the table to eat my food. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, do you want to hear some more? Now you're a Nick's head. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's, here's a little bit more of this. Hang on. She knows. She knows. Yes. Corporate coffee futures and professional design future concept for professional living and function money to be independent and wealth generation for entertainment. I have no function for communication and investment. Coffee futures at 23% investment. I have to have Claudia Shipper effect style. Corporate mm. coffee futures in professional coffee design futures future in concept professional to have design. professional Where can I get some good pizza? <laughs> Excuse me? Where can I get some good pizza? <laughs> no, I think this is the... the uh, like the ramblings, the, the the things that don't make any sense, and and uh, you know Gary Lauer. Okay, <laughs> you know Gary Lauer. I love him. You want to kiss him? Why do you want to kiss Gary Lauer? <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> Somebody said James Mason is British. Maybe he can end That's up. Right. <laughs> he can end up. Why do you drink Thunderbird all the time? What makes it so enticing to you? It's cheap. <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> I can't even fight the voices in my brain. They're correct. I do love it so. So relaxing on a nice, chilly afternoon. <laughs> hey, yeah, let me do a little bit more. Yeah. Money to be independent from wealth generation for It's impossible to tell what is really on here and what you were doing. By the way, imagine if that was it. <laughs> This is an audio simulation of what you might hear. Okay, you know, obviously this is a guess. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just an idea of, yeah. of what it might be like. Now, I don't know. I got it from Intern Ed. So okay. I, I have no Maybe idea. he's schizophrenic. There was no uh, story that, that know, came along with it. I'm going to sabotage it on a bit. I'm give him false information and record something myself. When you hear the voice, when you hear a voice in your head, when people ask, you know, when they come up with bits or jokes or so on and so forth, they're doing stuff on the fly. I mean, ninety nine percent of the show is improv. We know where we're going, but. I I hear a different thing in I think I hear in my head a sort of a second soundtrack like a second thing sure. saying try this or or, or yeah. shift this around and it's it's you know it's just the way I think the same thing that makes me horrible at math my I can't I don't think in a linear fashion right um, so when you hear the a voice in your head do you hear a tangible voice um, do you hear a, a yeah, I mean, on occasion, yeah, uh, and and to to where it can even lead to, if I'm thinking, and and you know how that can lead to thinking out loud, right? Where, where you start saying, something. right, right. Okay, I need to do this, and I got to make sure, I blah blah blah, and so on and so forth. And you actually physically say that. It's just that whatever I'm sure. thinking manifesting through my mouth, right? So I'm already hearing, hearing what it. I perceive as my own voice saying something, or hearing what seems like someone else entirely, right. not your own psyche. So, what, 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 Nick, with your with your uncle, is it your uncle, right? Yeah. With, with the streetlight, he actually hears in his head, hears the streetlight talking to him. The few times where he, he tried to get a little professional, yeah. or he actually was forced into getting some professional attention, um, it was similar to describing what we're listening to right now. The number of voices layered, um, and it's, to me, it kind of sounds like... Um, what Harry Potter goes through when Voldemort's in his mind, you know, yeah, like it, sure. it's, it's it, like there are actual, literal, separate voices within your brain, and you cannot yeah. distinguish them between that and what you're talking about, Steve. Which is, you know, that's the voice that's Steve Morrison's subconscious, right, that, or conscious. That's you right. talking to yourself. He yeah. couldn't tell the difference between his own head and other voices wow. outside of it. After Ed sent this over, I, I was on YouTube and I kind of fell into the hole. And I on YouTube. I'm going to check out videos on YouTube. And uh, and I, I I went and I found some some videos that were of schizophrenics that were being interviewed and this was for the purposes of uh, medical students and yeah. so forth to observe what schizophrenics are about and there was I watched one with this woman and she's like yeah Michael's arguing with me all the time he was going on about this and she's talking about a voice in her head wow about oh, this wow. this other person named Michael and and it was like wow just bizarre it's sad also if you have that sort of situation and you don't realize that that in many cases it's treatable. If you've lived in that world, you don't know what is oh, maybe perhaps. And, and, this, and the, this other voice guessing. is telling you that's poison. Right. Don't take that. It's uh. they're trying to kill you. You will die if mm-hmm. you take heavy that. stuff. Yeah. What if those other voices in your head were actual thoughts of other schizophrenics? Dun dun dun. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. And you were just tuned in with that. Well, that's it. Casey, that's a kind of a standard schizophrenic de- uh, delusion that there is someone broadcasting to you. It's got a name. It's it, like remote broadcast, it, uh, thought broadcast or something. One like. of the guys, was it um, the guy who shot up the hospital? Um, I think he was he was uh, claiming that he was being, uh, direct voices were being piped into his head. Yes, we actually have audio of that. <laughs> yeah, yep, there we go. That was what he was hearing <laughs> in his head. Uh, no, it's it's wild stuff. Here's a little bit more of that that simulation. Hello, 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 hello. Where are the sausages? Sausages are they? They a prominent part of that whole thing, Preston? Why are you ignoring me? You bad. Hello, hello, hello. Disgusting. Where are the sausages? 
in the mood for sausages. I really love sausages. I don't have any kind of meat for the rice. There they are. I see the sausages. Let me find the sausages. Kathy's got big boobies. Kathy's got big boobies. Big boobies. All right, anyway. Wow. Yeah, Living wild. in that world. Yeah. A paranoid schizophrenic should never listen to our show. No. <laughs> well, you want to talk to one? Sure. Yeah. I don't know if he's paranoid schizophrenic, but apparently Adam, who's on the phone line, let's find out, uh, says he's schizophrenic. Hey, Adam, good morning. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's happening, man? Oh, not much. Um, I was diagnosed with uh, schizophrenia uh, right before my 18th birthday, around New Year's Eve. How old are you now? Uh, 24. 24 years old. Yeah, um, and I assume you're on medication, Adam. Yeah, uh, I, I I take my medication every day. Uh, I see a therapist every uh, so often. And um, would you, you know, would you, uh, uh, Adam, when you were uh, before the treatment? I don't know if you can recall whether or not uh, this was the case. But did you hear things similar to what we were playing in your head? Uh, no, not so much. Uh, they weren't quite that profound as far as like the actual descripting like of of different words. Right. I definitely recall. For me, it was like any conversation I would pick up on around me. Yeah. I would I would like interpret to look for like um some kind of like hitting more, more paranoid meaning. Okay. Um, but um, as far as like. Uh, but you know, mine is obviously not quite as um, profound as like people that are like in like you know hospitals sure. their entire life. Yeah, you know, I, I, I um, as scary as this may sound, I do live in society. Um, it, it doesn't. You uh, sound. No, no, you, Adam, it doesn't sound uh, at all. I, I actually, I had a friend named Rex who was diagnosed schizophrenic and on medication. Uh, you know, he he was a little bit off, but but he was certainly not dangerous, and and he wasn't. Uh, you know, yeah, he, yeah, he, I, I don't have the violent tendencies of it. Um, mine are definitely more like, um, I just, you know, I guess paranoid would be the word, but it just like things just, you know, strike me unusually. I, I mean, some people, most people, I don't really tell people, and most people probably never even imagine it. But um, wow, well, but, you're you're doing all the right things. And and how often to therapy a week are you? Uh, oh, uh, it's, I go about once a month. Okay, so that's it. Sounds like you you have it managed. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got two kids, uh, uh, three and one. Right. And, um, you know, as long as, you know, you just, you know, stay straight and uh, fly right, as they say. Good oh, it sounds, it sounds like you've got it covered, and you, sound, yeah. you certainly sound fine. So. Yeah, it sounds like you're managing <laughs> it Good well, for you for, uh, for working it through. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I listen to you guys every single day. So. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, Adam. Uh, you guys rock. Take right, care. See you later, man. Thanks a lot. So, yeah, in certain cases, I mean, some are more severe than others, obviously. Unless you got to deal with that in life. You know, wow. you just try to, everyone tries to get through. Everyone has these sort of stress situations or just things that, you know, like you talked about having a, occasionally a, going into a funk now and then, Preston. Yeah. You can't even figure out why. Imagine that's playing in your head while you're in that funk. Psh, man, driving to a breaking point. <laughs> yep. It could be bad. Uh, all right. Well, listen, why don't we take a break? We'll be back. Stay where you are. Freshen up your look with a fall merch update at MMR's Rock Shop. Head to WMMR.com and grab the latest hoodie or winter hat. For all you Halloween heads, hit up aisle one for a flurry of ghostly face masks. They'll get you right in the spirit. And work nicely if you're one of those this is my costume kind of people. Plus, gift cards, t-shirts, hats, and coffee mugs for a unique gift for that person who has everything. 
The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Everything that rocks your wardrobe. And more. Our latest Daily Rush video is up, and the title is Boob Sweat. Yes, it's it's a chronic issue. Uh, the uh, weighs in on sweaty boobies. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw, and maybe you did, on social media over the weekend, the New York Daily News actually posted this. It is a product called the Tata Towel. Uh, and it's this thing that hangs over the women's shoulder, and it's a towel that uh, cups your breasts. Have you guys seen this? I have a picture of it here. All it's right. it's the dumbest. Stop. And I watched the video. If if women don't like bras, they're gonna have effing hate this. Is it but, to be worn under your clothes? Well, or? that's what I don't know. I don't think it's for under your clothes. No, well, why like would you wear up? this? I think it's after you, maybe around the house. <laughs> if you're if you're held as a, as a sex slave on Jupiter, perhaps. Or I was curious if you wear it as a as, as clothing to church. I mean? uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's it's this thing that hangs around. Sweaty boobies today, Miss Jones. It's as if you were just hanging a towel around your neck, right? Yeah. But the uh, you know, like a fitted sheet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it has a, it fits around your boobs. under the boob, like and, a duvet, and yeah. pulls them up. Not well, no, not a like duvet. A, no, it's like got the elastic sheet. around it. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I don't know how they. You know, there, there's got to be something. That goes around the neck that makes it tighter so it can fit everybody. And there, it is. And yeah. they, they show in the video, they show the woman reaching back and tying it. Adjusting okay. It. See, all right. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm, I'm positive that, our, that I already know the answer to this question. But women Kathy, have boobies. No, Kathy, will you wear this? No. Wear us? Well. Like after a workout. And, no, you know no. Will you wear? Will you try it on in the studio? Oh, <laughs> dude, I didn't even consider that because. It's so laughable. Should we even wear like a bikini top right. and we're going to do a swim thing? Or Would something, you wear it first, Keith? <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> you know I will. But no, this would... I wouldn't. I would never use it. it. It's like just another added thing. You know what right. I mean? Like, there's no time. Well, for, wait. There's no time for boob towels. There's no time for boob towels. <laughs> yep. When would you? Again, there's no application. There's no time of the day. Uh, what when, when when mom wants to just kick back? Who <laughs> uh, got that off? <laughs> <laughs> But I, I was thinking of like a post-workout thing, you know, huh? you might take a shirt off and then throw a towel around. I don't know. Just you know. towel your, just towel your knockers off. But it, it's it it pulls the bottom side up, up a and lets bit. them hang, it, and lets it's them some air out. not touch skin on skin. If you have large boobs, yeah. the the bottom high, p- part is going to touch hang on All your right. torso. That's that's what it's about. That's uh, what I, it's I, for. I think you could achieve the same thing with wedges of cheese. You could do that. Yeah. You could probably do that. Um, and hang on a second. Actually, I have somebody who has ordered one. They're a little pricey, I think, too. So let me go to Stacy. Hi, Stacy. How you doing? Hey, how are you guys? You rock. Oh, thank you so much. So you ordered a Tata towel. Uh, yeah. And what, uh, situation will you be using this product? Uh, after my shower, because I have breasts that are not, you know, the size of tiny kiwis, and oh. it sucks <laughs> to have that moisture under there. Okay. And just a, a quick towel off doesn't quite do it. You want to let it let them kind of dry off for yeah, a minute or two. Out. Okay. Could, couldn't you get like a uh, like a like a like an air gun or a, like a pneumatic <laughs> drill? Like, <laughs> you know so, the problem with that is that they're so costly. They they are. All right. Well, how 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 much moisture is uh, under there? I mean, how, how, well, what, first of all, Stacy, what what uh, cup size? What what uh, size bra do you wear? D. A D. Okay, and. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so they're yes. not ridiculously large, right. but at the same time, they're damp. I can't even walk outside without getting swamp ass. I'm going to want something for my boots. Okay, All right. I understand that. 
Well, so you have D size uh, D cup. Okay, so I was. And, and let me ask your opinion on this, Stacy, because there's another story that I have here. That's a Playboy model. Her name is Lindsay Pelez. Yes, uh, she has natural thirty double H boobs. And she says they're more of a curse than a blessing. And she says she has back pain and it's hard to oh smile. Oh, my God. It's hard to smile yeah. when she takes these Instagram pictures and all that stuff. So I was just curious. But with that, so so large breasts can be a, a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so, Stacy and, and anyone with large boobs, if you want to chime in, what, what would be... What would be pros and cons of being well-endowed, of having big old sweaty knockers? <laughs> having big old sweaty, sweaty knockers. knockers. Yeah. Okay, in my opinion, yeah. it's a blessing for everyone who wants to see them and touch them, but not everyone who has them. All right. So it benefits the, it benefits the user as opposed to the owner. Exactly. All right. And do you ever use them? To All say, to get free things. And yes. Whatnot. No, no, I'm not that kind of person. I'm classy. Okay. okay. Could, see, okay. I, I wouldn't be classy. I would use them like crazy. <laughs> yeah, you can use them to get free. Can like, you use boobs to get free things? Absolutely. Right? Oh, probably. Yeah. You can. Right. But you did say all the time, so how do you use them? What do you mean? Well, that's private. Come on. Now. All, all right. right. Okay. All right. okay. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Stacy. I appreciate it. She says, well, Sophia Begar, for example, if we're going down this path, I uh, was reading a story that she says, uh, you know, and she's uh, married to that Joe Mangan, Mangan and Mangan, Mangan. Yeah, Mangan and right. So uh, who is a super fitness freak to get the dudes cut up like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, she it, it, she says it is impossible for her to do push-ups. Oh, really? Because she physically uh, can't She physically cannot do push-ups. I believe that. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, uh, and it's clearly hurt her career. You know what it would be like, Steve? Of course. <laughs> you know how they use uh, chains in the workout? Yes. Yeah. So as they come up off the floor, you're, you're lifting more weight. Oh. So that'd be the same thing with the boobs. As they rest down, it's a little lesson. <laughs> but as you come up and then they actually get physically off the ground, there's more weight. So you could, you know what I mean? You just came up with a great idea for, for the gym. Replace those un- unsightly chains with fake boobs. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Uh, for guys, just put them around your neck. So I would think that uh, I, I, I've probably, I'm sure I've given free things for boobs before over the years. Have you? Okay. Because we always have promotional items and stuff like that. Well, there's, there's three or four major boob stories in the news. And we, this, yeah. we're going to rip the, the lid news. off this, damn it. In yeah. the news. It's just in. Yes. Uh, uh, it turns out huge knockers get you free stuff. We now go to Jim Lukashevsky on the Pentagon. <laughs> yes, that's right, Tom. I just saw a busty woman gain access without showing any ID whatsoever. I thought so. Dude, you can, I'm sure you could get in places for free and... I, you know, though, you'd ha- it'd have to be that kind of girl, Preston. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, do you use your huge junk to gain access <laughs> to place? I do. Do mm-hmm. you? We have to take a look at my huge penis right this way, sir. Get this man the best table in the house. He has inordinately large junk. Well, let me go to Teresa, who probably has large boobs, too, because most Teresas do. Hi, Teresa. Good morning. Is that a fact? <laughs> I don't know. Good morning. Just like saying, hey, <laughs> Teresa, do you have large breasts? I do. What size are you? 36J. J! Oh, no! All natural. All right, and <laughs> you win, apparently. Uh, no, so what What about this? First of all, what about this ta-ta towel? Well, when I get home, the first thing I want to do is rip my bra off. But because they're so big, I don't want that to be <clears throat> so so, Because they're so big, you what? 
I don't like that skin-on-skin skin feeling. Right. Is so that, I, okay. I normally wear an oversized T-shirt and kind of fold that under. Ah. So this would eliminate that. I could just wear this under a T-shirt and not have to worry about constantly tucking something in there. So I guess this is a thing. It just it looks like one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It, it looks like... I it, thought so, too. But I, as the more I thought about it, the more I figured just, why not? <laughs> all right, so you're going to get one? I am. All right, nice. And they Jay. They only go up to H, though. They only go up to H, so I might have to. You got to squeeze into that. Squeeze that into sucks. That. Hey, what is, uh, so pros and cons of uh, of boobs that big? Um, cons is I wear T-shirts and look like a porn star. Okay. All right. All right. And yeah. then pros Likewise. Pros are, the pros are for everyone else that gets to look at them. That's the same thing. Same thing the other woman said. The last yeah. caller yeah. said. That, 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 that on a personal level, like this Lindsay uh, Pilas, who, yeah. um, I don't know if you follow her on Instagram. Uh, some people do, I guess. Yeah. Well, why? Me. Why I even do that? Yeah, but I but uh, the um, it, they like the uh, the girl locally, uh, Nick Abigail um, Ratchford. Yeah. I sent you an article from the New York Post. Uh, she's putting that, uh, she's making money off oh. her inordinately large well, boobs. Teresa, do you like the extra attention that your big boobs get you? No. Okay. Oh, wow. so, okay. I could see that. Huh. I what? used to, but not anymore. Now, I mean, I work in an office, and I feel like I always have to have a jacket or a cover-up or something. And Or would you, like would you ever go the... Would you ever go the other way and go and just wear your ta-ta towel to work? Mm. <laughs> I might now. All right. All right so, Teresa, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 35. 35. All right. So, but when you were 22, something like that? Were oh, they, yeah. They were much more fun, oh, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I had it. Yeah. I was the, you know, I was the F cup when I was 22, and I would go to clubs. I actually had a t-shirt that just said, they're real. Really? got me more free drinks than anything I've ever had. See? There you go. Well, that's what I was thinking when you said free, drinks. free is free drinks. I yeah. wonder if you can get reduced mortgage rates. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like the lending tree. I will bet you you can. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let me see what I can do. You know what? We'll throw in the undercoating. Thanks, Teresa. Uh, well, well, what? Okay. Yeah. So there's an obvious thing like the free drinks and stuff like that. What is? What would you think? Again, call in if you've if you've gotten something more. If you've gotten more of an accommodation than just free drinks right. because of your buxomness. I think that's that would be like a holy grail. In fact, did you get the Holy Grail because of your... <laughs> the other classic is did, Cup of Christ. Did you get the Cup of Christ because you have huge cans? The other classic slash easy one is, is getting out of tickets. You know, getting out of a speeding ticket or whatever. Yeah. And it's just unbuttoning the blouse. Mm -hmm. I do that all the time and nothing. <laughs> never, not never ever works. Mm. Let me go to... Ooh, this, uh, this button popped. <laughs> let, me, let me go to Denise. Hi, Denise. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Denise. All right, so what, what did you get because of your... Uh, Enormous boobs, which, by the way, I know I'm trying to make them bigger each time I talk to Of your incredibly huge breasts. What? Uh... So I definitely used mine to my advantage when I was uh, 19 or 20. I went and I worked over the summer at Hooters in between um, between college. Nice. And um, so I made friends with this one regular guy, and I didn't do I didn't hook up with him or anything. He just. He said one day during my lunch break, I was doing a double, and he said, um, so do you want to go on a shopping spree? And he took me over, took a pressure to Macy's, and I got to pick whatever I wanted. Now, what if, that is very cool, but what if he had taken you to, like, Acme instead? <laughs> <laughs> 
help yourself. Produce and dairy, anything you want. Uh, actually, uh, uh, Denise, we knew, uh, actually, one of our um, uh, President Steve girls, oh, no. Samantha, Samantha, Samantha. She oh, yeah. had a guy, mm-hmm. and it was nothing sex. Well, it was nothing sexual for her. It might have been for him, mm-hmm. uh, but he would take her to King of Prussia, uh, exactly the same location. They would go to from store to store. She had a friend with her, like a sort of a bodyguardish guy who would sort of hang back, mm-hmm. and he would buy her all sorts of stuff. He had to walk behind her, yeah. right? And like a, like she a submissive. Had to shame right. him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Buy me right, this, you right. you you miserable bastard! Yeah, yeah. And he was he he loved it. Yeah, yeah. you know what? Um, a, that's a how lot my of, mother met my father. A lot of these girls that are on Instagram, they they have a like Amazon wish list. Yep. And they just you know it's yep. just there. There's a wish and, list, and you can just buy them. You know, and it will just come to your house. Denise, what did you what did you purchase? I purchased underwear, bra, outfits like dresses, pants, shirts. I got everything. Actually, the only thing I didn't get was shoes, but I got everything else. Well, you'd never see them. And and how much do you think you ended up uh, getting free merchandise-wise? Um, I'd say it was probably close to $500. Nice. Now, did you have to show him your boobs? I didn't. I didn't. The only thing was at the end when when he dropped me back off at Hooters, he did try to kiss me, and I backed away, and I was like, no, sorry. Yeah. No. <laughs> I saved that for my boyfriend. Right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Denise. Appreciate I, it. I, I don't know. You know what? Maybe in a similar scenario, and maybe it speaks to how shallow I am, maybe I would if I had, if if yeah. I, I remember years ago when I was in college, a girl at, one, at a Burger King liked me and would give me free fries occasionally. <laughs> but uh here bragger it was about <laughs> yeah i tell you can tell people you know me here's some other let me, let me go to jamie hi jamie good morning good morning guys hey what's up jamie um what'd you get i've actually, I've actually gotten free tattoos because of your breasts because yeah. of your gigantic milky boobs <laughs> yeah i wouldn't go that far okay, oh, okay. all right so you're large uh, how, how big are we talking by the way Thirty-six double D. All right, and, and a Good lot of people, size. a lot of people don't realize that tattoos can be very expensive. Oh yeah, very oh, expensive. Yeah. So, uh, put a dollar worth on how much uh, you received in tattoo consideration. Probably about five hundred dollars. Okay, nice. That seems to be the going price these days. Uh, Jamie, so where did you receive them on your body? You didn't have to get it on your on your boob, did you? I have one. Well, I, I also have my nipples pierced. Okay, me too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I have one on my, I have Betty Boop on my nipple as the devil. Huh. On your um, nipple? That was, that was free. Oh, Kathy, Kathy was looking, <laughs> Kathy just said she was looking for a perfect nipple tattoo. I think that's it. Tattoo on your she's nipple. Sitting right on my nipple, yeah. I, I, I need to see a picture of that. I'm sorry. I, I'm trying not to be pervy here, but. <laughs> How could you be pervy in a conversation like this? Yeah. Is, is... I, mean, be, I mean, I'm on my way to work now, but I'd be happy to. Send it to you. Uh, all right. In fact, anyone who's yeah. happy to send us their pictures. Send it care of Joe Bell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so free tattoo. There you go. There's some freebies as well. I want something more. I want I want you in a platonic way with no no well, sex transacted, but sim- like like the, the, the guys buying you something. Give me the, the most expensive dollar amount we can get. What? Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to get what we have. I don't think we're going to get giant, expensive well, stuff. Let me go to, huge. Let me go to Morgan here. Hey, Morgan, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Good, Morgan. So, uh, number one, how, how big are your boobs? I have 34 triple Ds. 34 triple D. Wow. Oh, no! Okay. 
<laughs> and you have gotten what for free? I've gotten a ton of swords from the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Morgan, is this just guys randomly showing up at your home in say like Bryn Mawr with swords, or are you no. do you do you work at the Renaissance Fair? No, I don't work there. I just showed up and I was wearing a tight laced corset. Uh-huh. And um, during the pirate auction, they'd always they'd say, "Who wants this for free?" And people would just start bouncing in yep. their corsets. Um, and a lot of times people would bounce out of them, and they would win free stuff. Is that what happened with you? <laughs> no, I was able to keep mine under control, but barely. So Preston has a whole bunch of Ren Fair swords. I do. What <laughs> bounced out on your situation, Preston? It was my, was it your huge junk. My huge junk. <laughs> uh, no, but this I know says, I, this gallant lad has a huge penis. I, I know what you're talking about because there's this pirate ship and the guys are kind of up high while they're doing the. Is that uh, is that a thing yeah. they do? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they, okay. do, they do a sword auction. Oh, and so uh, and sometimes they'll have free ones and they'll yeah and they'll they'll give them out into the crowd and so they have a good view, a really good yes. view of anybody who's got some cleavage. And by the way, you want to see cleavage? Ren fair. Go to the Ren fair. <laughs> yeah, it's mm-hmm. all over the place. And people are so happy to take pictures with you too. Uh, yes. Milady has large, sweaty hunkers. <laughs> um, wouldst thou care to partake of a boob town? A tata rag, if I may. All right. So, and what did you do with all your swords, Morgan? Went to war. Hanging up in my house next to my throne. You have a throne? <laughs> yes, I have a throne. It's uh, hand carved. It's red and gold. Morgan, you sound pretty uh, awesome. How did you get this this throne? Um, you know, you can find a lot of really fun. She showed stuff. her vagina. Yeah. <laughs> you really can. Um, I paid like four hundred bucks for it, and I looked up if I wanted to get another one, I'd have to pay around three grand. My good lady, thy clam doth entrance me. Yeah. <laughs> I shall give you this throne carved of ivory. I don't. Mean you to can sound... carve ivory again. <laughs> I don't mean to sound pervy, but it is uh, completely sounds now, pervy. Morgan, I need a picture of you naked on the throne with a midget. Okay. <laughs> Why would that sound pervy? I think uh, I think any journalist would ask for right, that. Right. Right. All right. Thank you, Morgan. In, in a world I've of had my fiance ask, so no worries. All right. He's into hey, the, the gal too. that uh, that you follow on Instagram, Hoppy Floppy. Oh yeah. She gets tons of free beer. Uh, tons beer, and then you know she uh, she was wearing a nice little thing number red number that i believe she she got off of her Amazon wish list. Oh, she has a wish list. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of those dealies. I don't know. All right, here's one that I like. That we have Heather on the line. Hey, Heather, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Heather? I was calling in. Um, I am a 38 triple D. Wow. And <laughs> what is that, that clip? Very young. Well, hang on, hang on a second. That's from uh, Dumb and Dumber Two. Oh, well, there's Ryan <laughs> and him saying, "I love you." Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, go ahead, Heather. Oh God, I love you. Um, it's I started at a very young age. I was like fifth grade already in a D, which was insane. Uh, we so, don't what? Who? What? No. Some oh, it yeah. happens. It happens. It definitely happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. My my sister's got all the height. I got all the boobs. All right. So, um, mine <laughs> have gotten me out of everything. I got pulled over. I was it was when I was in college. I got pulled over. My inspection was expired. I didn't have any proof of insurance on me. My, I didn't have registration, anything. And I was speeding. And you had and a I, key of Coke in the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? 
And I completely, I got told, oh, honey, it's okay. You're totally good to go. I didn't get any ticket, nothing. Um, I've gotten bumped up to first class on flight. So so when it's, Heather, first class is, is a pretty good thing. Do you, when it's happening, is it overt? Do they say, do you, or do you just know it? Do you know immediately that's why you're getting the consideration? Oh, yeah. Well, you can tell because the way, A, the way they look at you. Yeah. And then they start talking a little sweeter to you. Mm -hmm. They start making conversation more with you. They're not just, like, checking you in. They're like... You know, I'm gonna, Miss Evans. I'm gonna push you to this. You I'm know like, what? Oh, I'm gonna okay. put, I'm gonna put a little extra quinoa in this for you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. And now that I'm married, my husband just laughs. He's like, "Babe, hey, babe, go up and see if you can get this." <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I was wondering if guys with with um, flashier, um, you know, women, more more, uh, you know, in this case, buxom, mm-hmm. will use that for their own gain. Oh my. My wife definitely did when we were getting for uh, some uh, improvements that needed to get done on our uh, on our really? property. Mm-hmm. Made sure she wore the proper clothing. Really? Oh, Let me yeah. ask you something. Oh yeah. Does everyone get buy one window get one free? <laughs> no, that's a deal I have with Window Nation. Okay, I'm just wondering. And I show them my balls together. I'm that. just wondering. <laughs> Do anything to get windows. No, but anyhow, uh, yes, no, uh, wearing the proper attire to possibly use as an advantage? Absolutely. Did, now, did you did you ask that she do this? I didn't, and that's why I love her so much that she did on her own that it was... Uh... Have you ever seen her work, like, at a restaurant? Mm-hmm. Has she ever gotten a, a, a sword? No, not a sword. <laughs> Listen, I gotta tell you something. I just would really love to have a sword. Right <laughs> Excuse me? Sword like a Renaissance bird. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I'll be right back. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> All right, thank you, Heather, by the way. Now we're So, anyhow, um, yeah, this model, Lindsay uh, Pellis. Uh, her thirty double H boobs. She says they're more of a curse than a blessing. But I think that's I think that's what you say to sort of uh, you know to amp your stock a little bit. Because well, I don't know, man. We knew it. We knew a gal who was uh, who worked at, at, with us in radio years and years ago. Uh, young girl uh, intern had very very large. She said they were excruciating. Hurt her back all the time. She ended up getting a reduction and uh, and was much happier afterwards. I wasn't as happy. I know, but hey, um, think also, about us for crying out loud. Yeah, come on, please. Yeah. It said, um, I saw oh, something God, I highlighted that her that her boobs weighed 11 pounds. 11 pounds on her chest, yes. All right, so I guess that's five and a half on each-ish. Yep. Ish. Yep. Or eight on one and three yeah, on the other. It happens. It happens. We we weigh boobs in here. It, it's actually called Vulcan syndrome, believe it or not, where one breast is inordinately larger or smaller than the other. Right. We always call that Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. But when we weighed boobs here in the studio, mm-hmm. what was the what was the heaviest boob we got? I don't. Two hundred pounds. No, no, it wasn't anywhere near five pounds, was it? I don't think so. We should probably do that again. Yeah, we could. Well, we need yeah. an appropriate scale. No, you're right. Uh, which I, uh, you know what? Or, precision or, solutions. We can call precision that. solutions, or mm-hmm. or take them to a truck weigh station and then well, just subtract their body weight. Or we just have Gary Lauer come in and and yeah. do it. Yeah, this <laughs> 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 weighs about. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta go clean myself up. <laughs> this uh, Lindsay Pilas, um, if you see her prior to her 
There has been a total transformation because I saw uh, uh, pictures of her prior to her modeling career. Yeah. And she was very attractive, but she's gone full mega lips. Oh. Pinch, uh, pinch nose. I don't like that. Don't do that. Uh-uh. Don't do that. No. All right, but anyhow, so this uh, I, all these events came together. We have the new Daily Rush video, Boob Sweat. We have this uh, actress or this uh, model saying that her big boobs hurt. And then the Tata towel, all the rage on social media over the weekend. Look at look at the the, the guys think they have lines. I'm reading some of the comments. Are your watermelons as juicy as they look? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, and that's when I knew. I want to be your lover. Yeah. I Listen, there's, it's ridiculous. Mamacita. We'll, we'll post. What does that say? Choose me. Do you, anybody speak uh, Spanish? Uh, Ask me through, baby. Can you do? Nah. Where I don't is know it? What Where are you? Lo- oh, I yeah. <laughs> Ernesto. Mamacita, choose me. Asma, tuyo, baby. Can you doing this? Can you doing this? What is this? Right. Yes, yeah. you had inquired if I can doing this. <laughs> uh, I cannot doing this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've never heard them referred to as watermelons before either. Uh, this is water, watermelons oh, yeah, water, with the uh, water. You, you water, you watermelons are very juicy. Are they juicy as they look? Like oh my god! Them. I would love to go to any type of a cassabas or honeydews or cantaloupes. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the Can ta-ta-ta. you join this? The dot We'll see if that takes off or not. All right, let's take a break, and we will come back in just a moment. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com to schedule a free one-on-one virtual appointment with the real expert jeweler. Real diamonds, real people, real jewelers. Steven Singer Jewelers. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by Horizon Services. Horizon Services takes the stress out of fall heating problems by taking $50 off any heating repair, plus get a free one-inch filter, two-year guarantee included. Horizonservices.com. Well, police say, and I love this story, an out-of-shape seafood thief apparently didn't think his entire cunning plan through. 48-year-old Eric Williams entered a grocery store, then grabbed one or more bags of peeled crawfish tails. Employees say the suspect ran from the store with the bagged crawfish tails. However, witnesses told police the suspect was so winded from running <laughs> yeah. that he struggled to blow into his ignition interlock device to start his car. This was just poorly planned. Adding insult to injury, police say employees in the store stood by taking pictures, inviting him to give up and come back inside. So he's just sitting in his car wheezing? After many huffs and puffs, Williams was able to start the vehicle and flee the scene. I'm out of here. Police found Williams at his home not long after the alleged crawfish heist. When confronted, Williams allegedly claimed that he had been at work until 4.30, and police placed Williams under arrest after telling him it wasn't even 4.30 yet when they got him. So he didn't make it. He had a few mistakes along the way. But he loves his crawfish. A southwestern Pennsylvania man who claims he robbed a bank, stole a car, and rammed the state police cruiser at the urging of a talking cat has been ordered to spend two and a half to five years in prison. Come on, ram the car. 
the judge also ordered 51-year-old James Schroyer uh, to have a mental health evaluation. Oh, Apparently, they think he might be crazy? He's hearing voices and uh-huh. stuff. A, so the cat doesn't talk? A criminal... Com- no, the cat oh, okay. does not indeed talk. This is not one of those talking cats. A criminal complaint indicates Schroyer told police he was urged by the cat to rob the First National Bank in uh, Connellsville. Now, mind you, the dog tried to talk him out of it. Schroyersville eventually <laughs> rammed a police car. That's just crazy talk. Don't listen to that cat. That thing craps in the box. You going to listen to that? Uh, and uh, he told police that the cat was telling him to hit the cops. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, he's going he's gonna to... Go I hope they handcuff the cat. A man who was found drunk in his child's playhouse has appeared in court. This is out of the U.K. The ex-partner of Richard Hell, Lewis... Hell, I'm growing! The ex-partner of Richard Lewis had called police after finding him drunk outside her home. I've become a giant! When officers arrived... Look at that! I can't even get through the door! They found him asleep. It must have had radiation. They found him asleep inside the playhouse. Uh, police opened the door and found Lewis was asleep. And Don't could, come in here. I'm a giant. And could not be woken even when they shook him. Look at his teacup. So tiny. Officers brought him to his feet and he was placed in handcuffs. And hey, this, you're giants too. This appeared to wake him up. Uh, Lewis then began swearing at police and told them, it's my house. <laughs> He later pleaded guilty to being drunk and disorderly. (laughs) I love that. A mother feasted on sponges and sand after developing insatiable cravings for both throughout her pregnancy. Sponges and sand. Yeah. Kelly Marie Pierce's strange 20-a-day habit saw her munch her way through thousands of uh, of sponges washed down with piles of sand. You ate sand. You ate sand? That's right. When she was pregnant with baby Lola and son Lucian. Okay. Uh, but I can't believe we have an application for that <laughs> clip. Yeah. yeah. But uh, thank God of these lunatics who eat sand and sponges. But despite her fondness for the bizarre snack, which she would often stack together to make sponge and sand sandwiches. They are good. Both her children were if born they're grilled. healthy and unharmed. And very absorbent. Uh, Mrs. Pierce said it tasted really good at the time. They don't have to wear diapers because it just seeps right back into their skin. She said it was really satisfying. It was exactly what I needed. I was getting through bowls and bowls of sand a day. How can you eat that amount of sand and eat sponges and not die? Die. I- I right? wasn't eating anything else but sand and sponges. Well, that that to me, I and I've seen the food pyramid recently. I don't see sand and sponges on that. She said it's like when you really fancy a bit of chocolate and you finally get a piece of it. No. It's so satisfying. No, chocolate is something that you eat. <laughs> uh, the full-time mother suffered from pica disorder throughout the pregnancies, which causes victims to crave objects that are not food. Her unusual cravings started five months into her first pregnancy with Lucian, now four, and were sparked when her mother-in-law was changing the sand in her parrot's cage. You uh, keep sand in a parrot's cage? I guess it's something similar to newspaper or cat litter. Okay. Uh, she explained... Uh, I kept getting this weird taste in my mouth. I knew I was craving something but could not put my finger on what it was until I saw the sand, and that's when I knew I wanted it. Then when I saw her change the sand in the parrot's cage, I thought I could just eat that. And I asked her if I could have some, and I started eating it. She thought I was crazy, but let me carry on. She knows she was crapping precious moments figures. When sand didn't hit the spot, she turned to sponges and scoffed her way through packets a day and even combined the two to make spun sand sandwiches, as I said. And speaking of... of crapping wouldn't that well wouldn't that gut you if you're expelling that much sand you would think so right yeah, right? yeah i don't know i don't know it's a uh, crazy world. the habit of eating non-edible objects could arise from some sort of deficiency some sufferers eat dirt 
heard of that before. Yeah, dirt eaters. And uh, many, many of them are found to lack iron, which is present in soil. Others develop the condition because of extreme stress, though it's not clear why. A spokesperson for Beat, the eating disorders charity, said, uh, we do on occasion get people coming in to say to us they're suffering from this condition. It doesn't provide any nutritional intake at all and can have long-term health implications. We had a guy in the studio, remember, who was eating mouthfuls of sand. Yeah. And he, he liked the tactile feel of it Ugh. on his teeth. Dude, even just a grain, if you're at the beach oh, or something oh, like so that. so annoying. Even just so a annoying. tiniest bit that might get in your mouth, is it's repulsive. Yeah. You just... <laughs> Every time I get sand on the sponge I'm eating, I hate it. Ah, it's nasty. You want to wipe it off. Yeah. So anyhow. Uh, and that is what I have in the Bizarre File for you. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Acme Markets proudly supports Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. Beginning Monday, November 16th at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center Complex. More this year than most. We really need your help to make Camp Out a success. You can make a difference right now. Visit your local Acme during October and November and make a donation at the register when you check out. Acme will ensure your generous gift goes right to fill abundance to purchase food that's a lifeline for area families in need. Go to WMMR.com for complete details and a list of especially needed food items. Camp Out for Hunger from Acme Markets and 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by AutopartsExpert.com for hard-to-find brand-name parts in stock and in our area. Order your parts and pick them up in about 30 minutes. AutopartsExpert.com. All right, Mr. Morris, what do you have for us this morning? Well, according to Star Magazine, Katy Perry is being trolled by boyfriend John Mayer, who the magazine suggests has full power over her. According to a, quote, inside source, Katie knows that if John walks, all she'll be left with is an amazingly successful career, millions upon millions of dollars, and very large natural breasts. (laughs) Jessica Simpson shares four things she wants her kids to know in a new guest blog post for Parents Magazine. Simpson says easily the most important thing for her kids to know is that Aunt Ashley didn't always drink like that. And finally, as part of the 90th birthday celebration, Bob Barker will return to The Price is Right for a tribute that will involve him hosting a few segments. When asked if he had any fear about remembering how to do it, Barker remarked, quote, no, it's just like writing a showcase model. You never forget. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right. Thank you, Steve. Our next guest, I have uh, secretly, under my breath, been uh, saying what I think is the correct pronunciation of his name over and over. Uh, and I'm going to try this. He is known as the Jimi Hendrix of the ukulele. Ukulele. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Let me try his name. Jake Shimabakuro? No. Not even close. No, yeah. shut up. Oh, right? Yeah. This is Jake, everybody. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I'm, I'm probably saying it wrong. How, how, do, how do you I, say it, Jake? Well, I, I say Shima Bukuro. Shima Bukuro. But I don't even know if that's right. So. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, you get the right to say how your name's pronounced. So, yeah. And there's a, there, I, I was telling you, Jake, I watched a, a documentary on you last night, and that was one of the parts of it was some people having difficulty with your name, which is uh, part of the deal. So it's something you've encountered on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. You never uh, thought to change it to Schwarzenegger or anything? or <laughs> Nothing like that? Or uh, Humperdinck or something? Humperdinck. Yeah. Right, Humperdinck, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you, yeah, wh- where did this this moniker, the Jimi Hendrix of the uh, ukulele, come from? 
That's what I just start was, calling uh, that? It actually started with a, an article in the in the L.A. Times. Yeah, yeah. The uh, that was the uh, the title of the article. It was the Jimi Hendrix of the ukulele, and I was doing a show. I think I did. Uh, I did the Playboy Jazz Festival. Wow. And I think that's that's where it kind of came from. All right, well, well how, how does one rise in the ranks of a, of a, a musician of, and, well, and an expert in, in this particular instrument? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I mean, this is all new to me. I mean, I never dreamed that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. You know, but it all started with a YouTube video. You know, going viral and. Uh, I think uh, there was a there was a video about seven years ago. I was in Central Park and I played a, a an arrangement of George Harrison's "While My Guitar Gently Weeps," okay. and uh, it went viral. And it was from this video that I got invited by other artists to tour with them. So in the last few years, I've been able to go out with Jimmy Buffett, Ziggy Marley, Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, Bette Midler, yes. Yo Yo Ma. I mean, it's been. Wow, pretty amazing. I mean, one video, you know, changed my life. So. And George was a big fan of the ukulele. Yeah, uh, I know that he uh-huh. really enjoyed for for his he own person. Paul McCartney tells a story that if if he would go over to dinner at George's house after dinner, he'd break out a couple of ukuleles and just kind of sit around and jam. Yeah, well, the ukulele yep. was, and I, I was learning it. I was watching boning up on my u- ukulele. Ukulele, <laughs> ukulele uh, It was uh, the most popular instrument in the United States for 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 a while. It was because it it's it's four strings and what two two octaves two octaves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I was watching this documentary on you and and uh, i found it really fascinating because you you picked it up from your you, you it, it, it connects you to your mother your your mother was um uh she she played as well yes yes yeah and and um and it's you it follows sort of your journey through getting the most out of it you you almost embraced the fact that it was restrictive in its capability and you wanted to see how much you could push the boundaries of it yeah and exactly. at, at, at a certain point you you uh, sort of bastardized the sound in your life, you were, you were trying to, you know, putting it, channeling it and putting pro- processing on it and so on and so forth. And then you realized the real key would be to just do what you could do with your fingers, the sound to get out of the instrument and keep it pure. You, you sort of went on a musical journey with it. Yeah. I mean, like like everyone else. I mean, even guitar players, right? You start with just your guitar. Right. And then you buy an amp. And then you buy your first boss pedal. <laughs> right. And then next thing you know, you have 60 pedals, right? <laughs> and then you start weaning away from the pedals. And then, you know, you come down to like two or three of your favorites. But it's it was it was kind of like that. You know, it, it was the uh, for me, like I, you know, I, 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 I'm really into like, you know, martial arts philosophy and all that. Yeah. Like, you know, like the whole white belt to black belt. And then it's like, you know, purifying your soul back to the white belt again. So it's kind of like starting out with just your instrument and you go through this whole process, you know, and then it's like coming back to just and that's when it, the instrument. It took off for you when, when, I mean, that's when, when you revisited, came back to the purity of it. That's when it became what it that's is. That's when it happened. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. wild. Now, Jake, is your show, um, number one, is it all instrumental? It's all instrumental. I'm a is, horrible singer. <laughs> People ask me to sing. They ask me to sing all the time. They hear me once and they never ask me again. Do you have an accompaniment? No, uh, it's just you. Know, just, just you. Me. Yeah. That's impressive. It's, it's a lonely life. It's it's just not. You know? Yeah, but there's Dude. no overhead. It's oh you. my god. <laughs> when you like, stand, well, you know? see, Bill Cosby. He he told he uh, told everyone when he introduced me at the at the jazz festival. He said. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the cheapest man in show business, <laughs> Jake Shimabukuro. You know, you got to go to like U two concerts and just laugh when you yeah. stadiums yeah. full of you know nine uh, yeah, semi tractor trailers out, and it's just uh, you walk in, you know, you're a, a, a tiny instrument to begin with. Yeah, well, what's the creme de la creme? You you just it's described in the documentary. What is the finest 
ukulele on earth? Well, this is a, it's a kamaka ukulele. They're all handcrafted in Hawaii, and they were the first family to start manufacturing these instruments in the world about 100 years ago. Yeah. They learned from the Portuguese immigrants who came over to the islands how to build these instruments. Wow. Mm-hmm. And for, for a while, uh, uh, it, it became sort of a, a novelty thing. It'd be sort yeah. of jokey, Tiny Tim, and so on and so forth. And then slowly it started, started to get rediscovered for the beautiful sounds it could generate. Yes, definitely. I mean, in the in the twenties, in the twenties, you know, the ukulele became very popular. And then again, in the fifties, um, you know, it was on t- television shows. You know, Elvis Presley played it on yeah. in his movies. And I mean, Tiny Tim and Marilyn Monroe and so yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So uh, became a very popular instrument. I told you guys, I, I follow a couple of uh, of uh, ukulele players on uh, YouTube. There's Julia Nunes and uh, Molly yep. Lewis, who we had here in our studio. Oh, nice. Do you know those two? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we mm-hmm. had Molly uh, come by here and. And uh, I I love Julia's stuff, and I just it's it's a pleasant sound. There's something nice about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's get some of that. I'm dying yeah. to hear uh, oh, uh, sure. you perform some for us. If you don't mind, we can we can do this a couple of times if you'd like. By the way, uh, piggybacking off of Steve's questions about the uh, uh, the really uh, top line top of the line uh, ukulele, what what's the most expensive one you've ever heard of? Oh, I mean, you know, people will pay an arm and a leg for. Uh, you know, for like a, an old vintage ukulele. I'm not a collector. So, yeah. You know, for me, if 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 it's not a functioning instrument, I yeah, you could care less. Buy it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's but a big What's a see, big price tag for one? Like uh, probably about five thousand. Okay. It's five thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a Steinway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot smaller. Than <laughs> right, yeah. It uses a lot less wood for right, sure. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's hear a song, and uh, what are you going to play for well, us? Well, here's the, you know, we were talking about the George Harrison While My Guitar Gently awesome. Weeps, um, you know, tune, so here's that arrangement. All right, here we go.
Jesus, that's awesome. You know what? You do uh you played a uh, it was a classical piece or something in the in the documentary and you, and you, but you're very on stage you're very you're moving and you're into it and you're you know, you're hunched over like a rock star and the whole thing and your hands are flipping all over the place I couldn't even figure out what the hell you were doing but on, on another note Preston's been playing uh, isolating you know all these vocal tracks from classic rock songs have been uh, available now where where you you'll get like from uh, under pressure you'll you, uh, Freddie Mercury and David Bowie isolated and you can oh. you get a new appreciation for the song when i hear you like for example in my life yes it it, it makes you rediscover and reappreciate the the beauty of the original does oh, that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you it's a new way to experience something that you love to be and as with this it's you realize First off, your genius and the genius of George Harrison. Yeah, and that's that's got to be cool for you as an artist to be able to do that. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know like for me, I've always been. I mean, I, I've I've always been a real stickler for melody. I mean, yeah. Whenever I'm arranging a tune, you know, at least for the first the first passage, always being as true to the melody as possible. You yeah. Know? Especially if I'm covering someone else's song. I mean, to me, it's you know, you know just to honor and respect the artist that you're covering. You know. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so you know whether you're taking a, a song like uh, "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" or even something like "Bohemian Rhapsody," yeah, which you know, is cool. it's like really just t- honing in on on the beauty of the of the melody. It's it's. Wait it's, a minute, you do Bohemian Rhapsody on the ukulele? <laughs> really? Here I'll. So like, uh, <laughs> I'll play a little bit. I mean, I'm it. having a hard time yeah. wrapping my I mind mean, around. It, it'll that blow one. your mind. It, it's okay. a it's a seven minute piece, but yeah. I'll, I'll play a, a little I, bit of it. So you have uh, the cool thing about this piece is, um, you know, like I think what a lot of people forget is you get so caught up in the production of of, of the piece that you for, you don't you forget how beautiful yeah. the actual melody is. You well, know, so. If, I'm sorry, and, and and that's why to 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 jump on that. That's why we've been enjoying taking the, the their these isolated vocal tracks from these songs. There's so much in the arrangement. There's so yes. many great things around it in the production mm-hmm. that really add to the beauty of what it is. But at the core of it, at the heart of that piece of music is this melody yeah. that you can't let go of, mm-hmm. and and uh, stripping it down can remind you of that. Yeah, exactly. You know? So you know, like in in the case of Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, stripping it down to basically four strings and two <laughs> octaves. You know, you got the intro. Right, which sounds like and then you have this b then then the next section, the B section, you have this beautiful piano part, right. And then the the melody comes in. And then it goes into that comical section you know, right, where yes. it's almost like a rock opera thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, then you finally got the big the big rock part.
So no, I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Great. Hey, it's um, just so 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 amazing. As the uh, the Jimi Hendrix of the ukulele, <laughs> do you play any Jimi Hendrix? I do actually. What do you do? Uh, here, do you recommend? <laughs> And I assume that, do you do Little Wing? Little Wing, yeah, let's see. Uh... In there. That's oh, awesome. Man. You say something in the uh, in the in the documentary that resonated with me because it'd be the same, you know, with with comedy. Um, you found the beauty of the of the the pauses, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, and letting the stuff breathe a bit. And uh, it 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 took you a while, I guess, to come back and, and discover that that it's those quiet little, you know, those moments that that the silence plays as much a part as the yeah. Well. You know, because like Jay was talking about that earlier, you yeah. know, I think he mentioned, you know, about the timing, you know, yeah. the comic, you know, the, the timing is so important. And, and when I was a, uh, when I was a kid, one of my heroes was uh, Bill Cosby, of course. Yeah. And, um, and, and for me, the, um, his, uh, his HBO special, Bill Cosby himself, it's, you yeah. know, was, it's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to me, that was like, that was like my, my go-to, you know, as, as far as like inspiration and just, a, you know, just that performance served as a great mentor you know to yeah. how to how to perform you know i mean how to tell a story i mean even as a musician you know it, it is it's, it's all about timing it's all about phrasing it's the subtle things you know in the performance that allows you that allows the audience to connect with what you're doing and uh, and bill cosby was just a master at that you know so that's that's actually what inspired me to or at least to help give me some confidence to be a uh, a solo, a solo yeah. performer, you know, because especially because I'm not singing, I thought, how can I go up on stage in yeah. front of you know hundreds of thousands <laughs> of people with just yeah. an ukulele yeah. and try to you know make this happen? But Bill Cosby goes up there with no instrument at all, a chair, if you're just a, a chair and, yeah. a, and a mic. Yep. If you're just tuning in, it's Jake Shimabukuro who's uh, on the show. I said it right that time, didn't yeah. I? Oh, that was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier this year, I had considered i'm i'm a percussionist i'm a drummer by nature uh but i but i do know own a guitar and i know i know a few chords and that's it and i can't put stuff together on my own i'll, I'll get one of those you know the what is it hal leonard books it shows you just the basic chord progressions of songs and stuff mm-hmm. like that but i considered getting a ukulele because it seemed and i don't use this in a disrespectful term a little bit easier mm-hmm. uh hand position wise mm-hmm. uh you don't have to move your fingers quite as wide apart it seems that way anyway is it an easier instrument because four strings it's a little bit smaller for somebody who can't quite play guitar to maybe on a basic level just to learn how to play yeah no it's, it's no disrespect at all, at all i mean for me I, i'll be the first to admit that it is the easiest instrument to play okay you know and I, and I tell people that one of the things that makes the ukulele so so uh user friendly is um is the absence of bass notes you know because with, with the ukulele the tuning you have an a e a c 
which is like middle C on the piano, and then you have a high G for your fourth string. Okay. So your lowest note is that third string. And the cool thing about notes from middle C and above, none of those notes function as bass tones. And if if you if you have an understanding of music, you know that bass notes have to resolve a certain way. Otherwise, it doesn't sound right. And and a good example of that, if you were to walk up to a piano and you played uh, a bunch of notes on the right side of the piano, the high keys, mm. everything just kind of sounds like a music box. But then if you do the same thing on the left side of the piano, it just sounds all muddy and mm-hmm. muffled, right? Mm-hmm. They don't, the bass notes don't work well together. So because of the absence of, of the bass note on the ukulele, you can pretty much just play anything you want and it sounds mm-hmm. and it sounds okay you don't have to have any music knowledge or 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 uh, music theory knowledge i should say and so because of that i tell people you don't have to be a musician to play the ukulele mm. you know it's very it's a very simple instrument it's affordable it's portable i think it totally fits in our lifestyle with our ipad minis and <laughs> right. iPhone. you know it's like the ipad mini of instruments you know <laughs> and the coolest the coolest thing about it what i tell people all the time is what i love about being a ukulele player is that audiences all over the world have such low expectations of music, <laughs> you know? I, my, my favorite band is, is Pearl Jam and uh, Eddie Vedder put out a ukulele album a yes. few years ago I, I wanted to know what your impression of it was <clears throat> Casey actually does a pretty good impression yeah. of Eddie Vedder singing we'll as a go. we'll let that go for another day but, <laughs> but what, what did you think of uh, Eddie's uke album oh I, I I'm a huge Eddie Vedder fan so when he came out with the ukulele because I, I I had known that he played the ukulele and he was a big fan of the instrument but once he released the album I mean to me it was uh, I mean it was a it was a great day because uh, when Eddie Vedder picks up the ukulele <laughs> the ukulele is cool yeah right, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, legitimizes a little yeah, bit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He, he'll come out before Pearl Jam shows and and uh, or before the opening act sometime, and he'll intro the show, and he'll sometimes come out with his uke mm-hmm. and just to, and it's very simple, and it's you know it's not Pearl Jam, it's just Eddie up yeah. there with a the uke, but it's pretty cool to see and have that experience. But as the well. the cool thing about it is that he's playing the ukulele, but he's singing as if he's he's with Pearl Jam. Right. I mean, his voice, his just the the. The soulfulness in his voice and the and just the um, you know the uh, I guess passion or just yeah, yeah. The, the the passion the um what what word am I the, the conviction the, the conviction okay. in in every word and every note that he sings is just man it's it's a rock instrument and while you're listening to you must be thinking well. Uh, there's no way he can touch me. <laughs> I mean, he's awesome, and uh, I got nothing to worry about here. Well, listen, Jake, we do we, we have to wrap stuff up in a second here, but but Steve, you were going on about his version of In My Life. It's just magnificent. I loved it. Is there a chance we can hear that from you before you yeah, go? Sure. Or is there something else you'd rather play? No, I'd love to play that. I haven't okay. played it in a while. You know, I actually got to play this. I, I, uh, I, I flew to England a couple years ago, two years ago with Bette Mid. Bette Midler. Yeah. And we performed this for Queen Elizabeth. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. This Excellent. was... Um, and Because she's a, a, basically a huge Anthrax fan. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is one of the most beautiful uh, uh, songs, rock songs ever written, I, in, uh, in many people's opinion. So, all right, uh, Jake Shimabukuro. Here all we go. Right.
Amazing. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. Goosebumps, man. What is that chord you play on the word my in my life? It sounds like a seventh chord or something. Oh, yeah. Like it's that. minor seven. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. Is, I love this voicing of that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Jake, pleasure to meet you. Thanks for stopping by. Thank here. you very much. Jake Shimabukuro. Right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. More on the way, my friends. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.